CKRM is the voice of Saskatchewan Roughrider football and your home for the CFL. Tonight, it's all about the future of the game we love. Welcome to CFL Draft Night, a special presentation of the Sports Cage in 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Spring brings optimism, freshness, newness. And so does the CFL Draft. And for the first time ever, we're covering the draft in its entirety here on your voice of Saskatchewan Rough Riders football and your voice of CFL football, 620 CKRM. Wherever you're listening, thanks for making us part of your evening. And yeah, we're going to have everything covered for you here, especially the local flavor. Of course, those picks affecting the Rough Riders and the Rams and the Huskies. We have Jackson Ford, Tanner Schmeichel, Anthony Bennett, Josh White, Bennett Stusick, and Parker Hodel. Draft eligible for the Rams. Caleb Morin, Daniel Perry, Dayton Black, and Charlie Ringland in the Huskies camp available for the draft. We're hoping to catch up with them once they've been drafted and hear from them before they get drafted because we've got some tape segments. This draft show is brought to you by CAA Travel Saskatchewan with locations across the province. I'm joined by the Professor Don Hewitt who's got his iPad and his notebook. I love it here. Smelling like leather-bound books and Old Spice. Huey, thanks for joining me here. Ottawa is on the clock as we speak as we're already into it here from Mosaic Stadium. Uh, watching the TSN feed, but of course we've got it here on the radio airwaves. Just your thoughts on uh, tonight's proceedings. One of the most complicated drafts for general managers of all time, Ballsy, for a number of different reasons. Uh, one of them, obviously, uh, as Canadians get better playing football, uh, you know they get more looks in the NFL. So, I mean, you may not be taking uh, the best player available when the Riders go three. You may be taking the best player available that will come to Saskatchewan or has a better chance uh, soon to come to Saskatchewan. You've also got players opting out, which you know is just something that reasonably new. A uh, couple of outstanding offensive linemen at UBC. I mean, they wanted to get another year of tape to get bigger, stronger, heavier, so they might have a more of a look at the NFL as the salaries uh, gap widens between the CFL and the NFL. And of course, we all know what they're what they're starting out as for salaries, the players right out of the draft. And a lot of uh, a lot of football players are saying, "You know what? I'm going to just wait it out and see if I can get another look down south." In the meantime, and uh, on the other side of the coin, the general managers, let's face it, you need lower salaried players on special teams. You do. Or your salary cap, you know, doesn't work. We just saw Trevor Harris Mm -hmm. walk by. Well, he's making $500,000 a year. You've got to have guys on special teams that aren't making, you know, more like the league minimum. So it's such a balancing act. But I think it's very difficult for GMs, really. They have to be talking to so many people about so many players as to where they think they're going to go. Well, uh, a lot of the pundits are saying, including our own John Hodge from Three Down Nation, that Ottawa is on the clock right now. will probably go with offensive lineman Dante Bull from Fresno State. 6'7", 320-pounder, four-year starter with the Fresno State Bulldogs. Now, he's coming off a a broken leg he suffered late last season. So that's interesting. And that's another example is, Dante Bull, the best Canadian offensive lineman, uh, you know, that, that's there? No, he's not. But he's the best Canadian offensive lineman that could end up and likely will be in the CFL. So, again, they're picking a player that they want to get here now as opposed to what who is the best 
Oh, well, they, but, that's a but Ottawa under Bob Dice and after that atrocious year last year, which, by the way, their fan base should be credited. Right. I love Ryder Nation. It's the best fan base in general. But last yep. year, that team couldn't get out of its own way, and they still got 18,000 a <laughs> yeah, game there. I totally agree. That's a great fan base there, and I think a lot of people were very impressed with how many people showed up, even in, in rainy games, yeah. in bad weather. For sure. You know? Ottawa's most... Uh, Recent draft history in terms of first overall picks. Uh, Alex Mateus, offensive lineman in 2015. Alexander Goche in 2002. Gerald Wilcox, the receiver back in 1989, a tight end. And Orville Lee went number one just ahead of our own Jeff Fairholm, who we had on the sports cage before uh, the CFL draft show that we are... Uh, and whoever picked Orville Lee, that was Ottawa, yes. Yes. They made a mistake. Yeah. look how good Jeff Fairholm ended up being. Well, Ottawa's on the clock here with the uh, first overall selection, and the Ottawa Red Blacks has or have done exactly what we thought they'd do, taking Dante Bull, four-year starter at Fresno State, coming off a broken leg he suffered late last season. Probably the only reason he didn't get any NFL opportunities. Uh, they've made their offensive line a, a priority, have the Red Blacks, since the new regime took over, and he is... Uh, Right there is the best in this year's class. And he's just what Ryder fans want, a big man. Ryder fans want a bigger man with cigar-like fingers, cigar-depth-like <laughs> fingers. And Dante Bull is exactly that, as you said, Ballsy, 6'7", 320 pounds on a light day. Uh, but, you know, uh, you got you got a guy like, say, City Sal. Yep. That was sort of a guy that, okay, could he end up coming to the CFL? All of a sudden, he goes fourth-round Patriots, and you go... Holy Toledo. Like, some of these guys are really good. But, yeah, the you can't. testament to Canadian football, though, that was the most. Now, this is about the CFL, but that's the most Canadian talent drafted in the NFL this year. Yes, and then signed after the draft, yeah, too. That's right. It's an all-time record. And that, that's what we said at the start of the, the draft show, is that Jeremy O'Day is, you know, he's, he's it's an endless job. How many people does he have to talk to in the NFL about, do you see this guy? Where do you see him? You yeah, know, it's a very interesting. It's a road. very interesting draft in in the sense that quarterbacks don't get drafted. Okay, so the marquee position doesn't get drafted. That's a whole other debate, right? Uh, and then you don't know how many guys are going to go to the NFL via the draft or free agency or anything like that, right? So, very interesting. Very. Well, it is, and and as far as I'm concerned, if you take a look at what the situation is right now, Dante Ball, a good, a good pick by Ottawa because he's likely going to be in the CFL and of course they got Delorier. Uh, I believe they outbid Saskatchewan for Delorier. Yeah. Uh, probably going to be Desger possibly yeah. the Desjardins. Yeah. Desjardins. Yeah, that's right. That's Drew, right. Desjardins. Desjardins. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's you know probably could be the best guard in the CFL. Yeah, so so, so the they're going to look good on the O line. Ottawa's going to look a lot better. The Edmonton Elks are on the clock. Uh, Francis Biamy from Southern Utah. Many think he could go or. The uh, defensive lineman, Luol Yaguak from uh, TCU, who, if he doesn't go to Edmonton, he's coming here. I coming think. here because then Calgary picks right after uh, Saskatchewan, and they're right. also interested in D-line. Yeah, apparently they don't want D-line. I mean, if you take a look at Saskatchewan right now, they've only got two Canadian defensive linemen on their roster coming to training camp. They've got, I think, at last count, 12 offensive linemen, Ballsy, mm. uh, and plus whoever they pick in the you know as an alignment going forward in this draft coming to training camp uh, but only two 
uh, on the Canadians on the D-line in Saskatchewan. Shabir's the only one that really uh, gets much action. They really are thin, Saskatchewan, on the defensive line. And I'd be surprised uh, if they don't pick a defensive lineman. But, you know, if, if depending on what Edmonton does, but if they could get, you know, this uh, six foot five, two hundred and seventy-one pounder. Uh, you say his name. You're better at Luol Uguak. I would suggest Ryder fans will be should be partying in the streets, possibly, if they can get him. Honestly. Well, the Edmonton Elks, uh, you know, their team trying to win for the first time in home turf in two years. They've got the guaranteed win night, or you get uh, tickets for the next game against the Riders in select areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need help everywhere o-line d-line maybe wide receiver two at the canadian spot so we will see uh what they do here chris jones was in charge of probably don hewitt the riders best draft in the last decade in 2017 the riders took cam judge in the first round they took darius bladick in the second round they got anthony Oclair, the tight end out of laval who never came here in a 30th overall pick in the fourth round mitch picton in the fifth round, 37th overall, and they got Alexander Chevrier, who was a good special teams player. That was probably their best draft in the last 10 years for the Rough Riders, arguably. And let's hope that stops for Chris Jones. <laughs> stops now, because, uh, you know, we want, the, as a Saskatchewan fan, the best defensive lineman that's available. And, you know, we're going to see if he goes right now in a few seconds, because if he doesn't, and wouldn't that be something after our big buildup? Yeah. If the riders don't go D-line, we're almost taking it as a logical well, but conclusion. Jer- but Jeremy O'Day kind of hinted yesterday in his uh, in his presser with the media that they wouldn't be going offensive line. He likes what they've done with the American tackles, and we can get into that. Uh, they they like the signing of Phil Blake. I want to ask you, are you pretty happy with that signing of Philip Blake? He's long in the tooth at 37. He did play well at tackle, but I think, obviously, they're looking at him at guard. Well, is that right? I well, thought they're going to look at him at left tackle. Well, you think he might slide into yeah. guard, depending on how they. They're, they're hoping the imports will. Uh, depending will, how they do, they, they're hoping the imports might uh, pan out on the on the on the tackle spots. And so, and if he goes to left guard, where does Furling go? Right guard, maybe. I'm putting on the spot, maybe, but or center. Or center. I mean, I mean, but you got Godber's going. You Godber's going to center. You got Godber. He's a Swiss Army knife, though. He can play. He can play all over the place in the sense of uh, uh, in the sense of uh, Philip Blake, but but the thing is, get a little bit long in the tooth. He is thirty. I think he's thirty-seven years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know, it's funny because normally I would say, "Oh, gee, thirty-seven. Yeah. But with Philip Blake, I thought I think it was generally a good signing. Uh, he's tougher he have, than he, nails, and he doesn't have as uh, much uh, uh, he doesn't have as much tread off the tire because he wasn't used heavily early in his career. Also, right. COVID too. It kind of it's a fake birth certificate almost, right? Well, and he's he's he has been reasonably durable yeah. uh, throughout his CFL career. He's had a few injuries throughout his career, obviously, but he's quite durable. And Philip Blake will bring sort of a professional toughness, if I can call it yeah. that way. He's just uh, just. His nature is to pile drive people, and you know, when you see somebody beside you in the line doing that, not that you don't want to do it, but it maybe spurs you on for a little more physicality. Uh, you know, he's uh, he can go into a meat shop and, and wreak havoc. Did you in traffic? Uh, did you like the signing of Peter Godber at center? Well, I mean, I don't think he was the best center available, but they both wanted to go back east and stay east. So I think for what Jeremy O'Day could get. 
that's the best he could do. You couldn't get it any other way because Michael Couture, who I think is a better center than Godber, likely, I mean, he, he was the same way. The, the other two went east, and he, he was going to Vancouver to his hometown no matter what. So I think Jeremy O'Day got the best player that he could under the circumstances. And uh, Godber, uh, you know, is, is scrappy. He's tough. And, uh, I you know, I think it's an upgrade. Uh, and the big interesting thing is going to be, Ballsy, is how guys like Bandy come back after a, a season an off-season of training. How much bigger and stronger is Bandy going to be and how much bigger and stronger is a couple of the other O-linemen that they've drafted either one year ago or two years ago? How much bigger and stronger are they going to be coming back? That's a huge key. So the Edmonton Elks are on the clock their last five years. Enoch Makonzo, Trey Ford last year, Cole Nelson in 2021, Thomas Jack Kurdilla in 2020, and here is Randy Ambrosi with the Elk selection here, number two overall. Ah, interesting. Michael Broderick, a linebacker from Montreal. So they kind of throw a curveball with everybody here. Yep. And, and they bring in Michael Broderick from Montreal. Well, 6'3", 216, he's, he's pretty big. Uh, uh, the Alouettes wanted him. They I did because they, they right did now. because Aki retired, so they were looking kind of at him to oh, replace yeah. Chris Aki, who uh, suddenly retired here because of off-field uh, yep. opportunities. Yep. And so the Montreal linebacker goes to Edmonton. Oh, That's Danny Machoch is not happy because he knows him very well. He coached him. Uh, Noel Thorpe won't be happy as well to see him slip through their grasp. Uh, so you know, uh, well, Chris Jones got him. He's at very, at the very worst, he's going to be a very good special teamer. At the very best, he's going to be a starter in the CFL. I would suggest. So we'll see if Jeremy O'Day is right now excited because he's going to get the best available defensive lineman, Canadian defensive lineman. That's uh, that's there. If he, in fact, he does pick a defensive lineman. We'll take a break and be back with the Rough Riders pick next. First pick in the draft third overall and we'll hear from Glenn Suter too this is the sports cage on 620 CKRM welcome to special coverage of the CFL draft on the voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM you know what's hilarious about the CFL and what I love about the CFL? Welcome back to our draft show, by the way, brought to you by our friends at CAA Travel Saskatchewan with locations across the province. We're awaiting the rider pick. We're in the Harvard Studio 620, and we have the equivalent of Matt Ryan next to us. If you're an NFL fan, Trevor Harris, and he is sitting here amongst the fans just off to the side watching the draft. Isn't that mom and pop? Isn't that the cool aspect of the CFL? And he's watching to see if they pick another big old hoggy. Yeah, he wants an old lineman to block for him. That's what he wants. <laughs> he wants somebody that's going to keep him upright, maybe. Hey, looking at the Riders' first-round pick, Sam Emelis, last year, Nelson Lacombo in 2021, and Randy Ambrosi with the Riders' pick here. This is Captain Lake, Corte yeah. There you go, defensive Lake, lineman. Lake Corte yeah. Moore, a D lineman from the UBC Thunderbirds. And I did a, a YouTube Top 50 Can West show a couple of seasons ago, and he was in the top 25 as picked by players and coaches. He is definitely a, a great player, a Can West All-Star in 2022. 48 tackles, 6 sacks. 
one forced fumble in 10 games coming from Blake Nill's UBC Thunderbirds right, program. And big 6'5", 262. A relentless motor. This guy just is all over the place on the field. Ballsy. Outstanding flexibility because he's a great special teamer. The word was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers wanted uh, Corte Moore badly. The Rough Riders get him. He's a well-rounded player. Size, athleticism. Uh, some people thought he might go a little later in the first round, but obviously, as we were saying there, you know, you were saying perhaps the best linebacker is already going to an NFL minicamp. No, I don't. Or the best uh, defensive. No, I don't know about the Southern Utah guy who was picked a, a lot uh, by uh, pundits, uh, Francis Beamy. I don't know if he has uh, any NFL opportunities, but uh, Luwal Yaguak. From TCU. I'm yeah. glad I don't have to say that a hundred times. <laughs> That's why I let you say yeah. it. Luwal Yuguak, um, he has a, an, an invite to the New York Giants camp. I'm wondering if that factored in. Because let's be honest here. This regime needs to win now. They can't have people coming in. Well, we'll take a flyer on this guy. Maybe two seasons ago. Not anymore. A six-win team. This fan, these, this fan base wants wins now. So maybe you can get, you, you know, you get this Corte Moore in here, and he's in camp. That's how I see it. Well, Lake Corte Moore is fast. Uh, I mean, uh, he's he's got a lot of speed on a big CFL field. He's he's made for the CFL when you think about it. 6'5", 262, he'll probably come in a few pounds heavier than that. But, you know, he fits uh, the Canadian Football League uh, with his skill set. I, I, I'm going to say right now, Ballsy, I'm very excited about this pick. I think the Rough Riders made a great pick at number three. And we were, ju- we were just about to mention him on the air because he's yep. one of the top defensive linemen. We went sort of with what was rated as number one. But we were just about to mention him, and we didn't quite get there. Uh, but Lake Corte Moore, a rock-solid pick. Uh, barring injury, he's going to be guaranteed a He's putting on a rider jersey to start the season, I would say. Yeah. Hey, before we go to break and before we get to our next pick, one of the uh, most talked about names uh, locally is Jackson Ford. And Zinger, if we can hear my recent interview with Jackson Ford, the grandson of Al Ford. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, man. When do you graduate school, per se? Uh, so I got about like a year and a half left. I originally started in 10, yep. and then I decided to switch to business. Yeah. Like when I talked to you, uh, I did a Top 50 YouTube show. I think at that time, it was during the pandemic, you told me you were interested in maybe getting into the business side of sports. Is that indeed what you're continuing to to want to do, maybe? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. How much did your grandfather, Al... I know he probably influenced you in football, but just that side of the the, the sport. Yeah, you know, like him being a general manager for, I think it was 10 years for the Riders. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like he's been able to help me and, you know, talk to me about not only the football side, but also the business side, which has, you know, intrigued me into majoring in. Uh, business. So ideally, would you like to be like a, a general manager like him and run a team, a capologist, or like a, a, an agent? To be honest, at this point, I'm not really too sure. Uh, but yeah, all those things definitely interest me. That's awesome, man. So talk about football. I watched you come up through high school, impressed with what you did, of course, champion over at Campbell. Uh, how long have you been playing the game of football for? Oh, gosh, like, since, like, touch at eight years old, a mm-hmm. uh, long time now. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just been a, 
a real uh, dream of mine ever since I was a kid to, uh, you know, make it to the next level and uh, follow in my grandpa's footsteps. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Who, who, uh, who turned you onto the game of football? Was it your grandpa or where did you say, I want to play football? Uh, honestly, I'm just, it's a, our family is super sporty. Uh, I played all sports growing up, you know, hockey, football, even lacrosse, baseball. Uh, so I think just general, just the whole family, you know. Mm-hmm. Your dad, uh, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago. Jackson, who's kind of filled that? Uh, he'll ne- Nobody will ever fill that role, but who's kind of helped you out along the way? Because, listen, you're a, you're a young guy. There are things that young guys go through that probably they lean on their dad for. Who's kind of replaced, uh, you know, picked up where your dad would have been normally, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, like you said, like nobody could really replace him. But ever since a young age, uh, you know, my mother has definitely been super impactful. But also my grandpa as well. You know, he's been here, uh, been here in my life since a young age, uh, giving me pointers, tips, uh, not only in football but in life, and just to help me improve as a player and a young man. Yeah. So, is it tough being a Ford in? Saskatchewan in Regina playing football like is there a, a different level of stress or does or I make it too much out of that yeah you know you'd think that there'd be a little bit more stress having that last name and following the footsteps of my of a guy like my grandpa but in reality no not really uh, when I'm out there in the field I'm just having fun uh, with the guys and playing the sport that I love your grandpa was a versatile football player uh, you are definitely a Swiss Army knife what do you think your best attribute is uh, defensively uh, for the uh, Rams and going forward to the CFL well you know I think I'm a very physical smart uh, fast player uh, and yeah like my grandpa I think I'm also versatile uh, looking back at the film this last season uh, I made some really good plays on special teams and also on defense so I think that's quite valuable at uh, the next level. Talk about your season with the Rams. Uh, I mean, uh, two years ago, it didn't really go the way you guys wanted. Thought you rebounded nicely this year, although it obviously didn't end the way you guys uh, would have wanted. Yeah, you know, I- I'm still very proud of what our team accomplished this year, Baldy. Uh, although we fell short of, uh, you know, the goal of Vanier, but um, I think we're still heading in the right direction for uh, future success, for sure. Yeah. So guys your age, early 20s, especially now, they, they gravitate towards the NFL. And I'm and I'm sure uh, you watch the NFL, too. But do you kind of, because of your family background, kind of, I don't want to say lean towards the CFL, but always have an appreciation for the CFL? Like, do you do you watch CFL guys? Because when I ask guys like you, it's like, who's your favorite guy? Oh, my favorite guy is Brian Dawkins, or I like Derwin James, or whatever, if they're a safety. Uh, but do you watch CFL guys and, and look to, to some of them players? To be honest, um, I, I I mean, I watch both sports or both uh, leagues, obviously NFL, CFL, but I'd say that I uh, kind of gravitate uh, towards more NFL players like when we're talking about names. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, you know, looking at film and seeing what guys do at the next level in the CFL yeah. and how they play and how it, their style changes from youth sports to to that league. Um, so let me ask you a question. I'm a general manager of a team, and I'm going to ask you, Jackson Ford, why should I draft you? Tell me why I should draft you. Like I said before, I'm physical, smart. Uh, I'm a fast player, and I think I'm very versatile. Uh, I think being versatile is important because uh, if you can have a guy who can play defense and specials, I think that's very valuable. And if you're looking for one of those players, I'm your guy. There you go. It sounds like it's it's been practicing. Lastly, best piece of advice your grandfather, Alan Ford, has given you as a football player. 
the best advice that he's given me. I'd say over the years, um, you know, he's given me all these tips and tricks and pointers on how I can improve as a player. Uh, but I think just overall, just having confidence and uh, not being afraid to make mistakes out there and just, uh, yeah, really just playing with the guys and having fun overall. I know I had lunch with him one time there at their old uh, spot there, Johnny Fraser's Boston Pizza. They always break bread there, and he said, never oh, yeah. never show him you're tired. Has he told you that? Never show him you're tired? Absolutely. That's probably one of the other biggest things that he's taught me is never show him that you're tired and never show him that you're hurt. That's uh, Jackson Ford from the uh, University of Regina Rams. A lot of fans wondering if the Riders will get a chance to snap him up. The fourth pick is in, and that pick from the Calgary Stampeders, and they uh, select a a wide receiver, I believe, Don. That's who they took uh, with their fourth overall uh, pick out of Northern Illinois. Cole Tucker, yep. 195. Uh, Cole Tucker arguably could be the best Canadian receiver in this draft that'll end up uh, in the CFL. I mean, he's going to a mini camp. I think it's a great pick for Calgary, to be very honest with you. Uh, A lot of teams were looking at him, including uh, Hamilton. uh, But, uh, you know, the Calgary Stampeders, uh, they draft well, and they always show that with their outstanding uh, Canadian content. And Cole Tucker could be one of them. It's It's a good pick. Uh, but the Riders, going back to what they needed, they got the best guy they could in their position. They weren't really looking as much at a receiver, but for Calgary, Cole Tucker could be a, a, a great, great selection. Yeah, Tucker, 155 catches for 2,030 yards and 10 touchdowns over five seasons with the Northern Illinois Huskies. He's a late addition to this year's draft class as he qualified for Canadian citizenship because his mom is Manitoba born. He does have a camp invite in the NFL, so we. We'll see uh, if he does make his way up here. But they're trying to replace Herji Mayala. So uh, Calgary. Yes, very, and very Richard good. Zandani, of course. But he's gone to Hamilton now after his PD situation. He'll miss the first two games due to suspension. So, yeah, Calgary's trying to uh, increase their uh, receiving core in terms of Canadians. Uh, let's just do a little recap here on the draft, Don, as uh, yep. the 2023 draft is well underway here. So we're four picks in, and of course, things got going early on. Dante Bull, who is a, a big, burly bull, uh, offensive lineman out of Fresno State, 320 pounds, six foot seven, a building with feet going first to the <laughs> Ottawa Red Blacks. Is that a good name for an offensive lineman? Do you oh, think? unbelievable! <laughs> How about uh, just coming off the, uh, going off the board a bit? Nobody expected Edmonton to take this guy, Michael Broderick from Montreal, 6'3", 227-pound linebacker. Then the Rough Riders went with 6'5", 227-pound Swiss Army knife up front. Um, Lake Corte Moore, who is a UBC Thunderbird. So that's the Riders' first pick in the draft, third overall. And then Calgary just took wide receiver uh, Cole Tucker from Northern Illinois, 6'2", 195-pounder. Montreal is on the clock. And we're just waiting to see what Montreal does with their draft pick. We know, Don, they wanted Michael Broderick to replace Chris Ackie, who left to retirement. But uh, that obviously won't happen, as you alluded to, Don Hewitt. Uh, Danny Machocha had a lot to do with his development with uh, Montreal uh, and uh, the Caravan there. in uh, U Sports football. So Montreal's got the fifth pick. Hamilton's got six. 
Montreal's got seven, Winnipeg eight, and BC nine. We'll be back with Montreal selection and Glenn Suter, the lead analyst for football on TV in this country. Hall of Fame broadcaster next on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Now, back to our CFL Draft Night on Rider Radio, 620 CKRM. And our draft night's brought to you by our good friends at CAA Travel, Saskatchewan, with locations across the province. Also want to give a shout-out to uh, Grant Wilson and Lee and Ryan Wilson at Wood Country for supporting the draft coverage as well. Michael Ball along with the Professor Don Hewitt, legendary local broadcaster and Hall of Fame broadcaster and Ryder Plaza of Honor inductee Glenn Suter now joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline here as uh, we are happy to have him on the show here in our draft coverage. Uh, Glenn, thanks for joining us here. Big night for these young Canadian athletes. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, and I, I don't think it should be over. It's not overstated. I mean, you, 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 um, you know, we can talk about money and we can talk about the big, huge paychecks south of the border all you want. But at the end of the day, you, you know, as a, as a young college player, you are looking at an opportunity to play football, the game that you absolutely love, to play it as your prof- profession and, and make a living doing it. And, you know, when you, when you play in the CFL, you get to a point once you're past that minimum wage level that, that you are going to make more money in six months than most people make in a year. In fact, you'll be in the top 5% of the entire country. And no, it's not NFL money, but it is, it is a chance to continue to play the game you love and make a living at it. And, and it's, it's an emotional time for these guys. So, you know, I just, I just, it, it, it's frustrating when people devalue that because it's not about money. And if you, if you go into pro sports and you play on a team and you put money first, you're not going to win. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, how many times have we seen teams with the highest payrolls because they thought they were buying all the talent, but those guys were about the money and they weren't about the teammates that they were playing with. And because of that, they didn't win the championship. So that's the reality of sports that is mixed into all this. But these kids are, I love it because they're they're going to have their moment. They get drafted, and that is this that that's the thin edge of the wedge in the door. You still have to go and make the team. You still have to go and earn the respect of your teammates. That's the next step. But the draft is is that first step to get in that in that door. Terrell Richards was the first uh, selection in the draft last year out of Syracuse, a defensive back for the Montreal Alouettes, and then they took Tyson Philpott. They have two in this round as well, including the fifth overall selection, and Randy Ambrosi's at the podium right now. Just waiting to see. And they have taken linebacker Jonathan Sutherland, Don Hewitt, out of uh, Penn State. He had uh, 38 tackles last year, a sack in 13 games. Um... So he joined Sean Clifford as the only four-time captain in team history. He signed a uh, preferred free agent deal with the Seattle Seahawks, meaning he got a uh, a uh, $10,000 signing bonus. He'll go to camp with them. So Montreal probably changed course a little bit there, Don, when uh, when Edmonton went with their second pick, taking the Montreal uh, Caravan linebacker. Right. Well, this this is a player that is very physical, 
I would think that he's got a decent shot of eventually coming uh, to the CFL, uh, playing a very high caliber of football. Obviously, uh, from where he was playing at, at Penn State, uh, you know, it looks like I'd have to say it's a it's a pretty good pick, really. Uh, in fact, you know, when you take a look at this first round, I mean, the days are over when any of these CFL general managers are making this a mammoth error. I mean, the tangibles they're getting, there's always intangibles. That's where you, you get surprised. The, but the tangibles right now, Jonathan Sutherland is, is, a, is a good pick. And when I say that about intangibles, I think of what a guy like Matlin Riley, you know, just retires from the CFL. He was ready to start, right? So that's an intangible. The tangible was he was probably a decent draft pick, needed a few years to develop, uh, just like uh, Terrell Jana, same thing. Yeah, probably so, a good, good drop pick, but you know. Yeah, and and you look at it, uh, Glenn. You look at like a Jaden Dalkey last year, sixth round pick for the Rough Riders. Uh, probably looked at him like a camp body, and now you fast forward after last year, and Jason Shivers has ultimate trust in him, and he's going to be battling for a starting free safety spot, your old spot back in the day. Yeah, you you know when you when you look at the Canadian Football League draft, it, it is completely different than any other draft in any sport. And it's probably more important than any other sport. And I know there'll be people that are rolling their eyes when I say that, but uh, I, I really believe it is because what you're doing in the Canadian Football League draft is you're buying pieces of mortar, that that concrete foundation for your house. That's what you're that's what you're drafting right now. Now sometimes that's not flashy. And sometimes that's not that cool electronic big screen TV that flamed out on you in a month because that didn't work out. And you spend a lot of money on it and you'd have to get a new one and then you have to find a new TV. This is, this is foundational pieces. And, you know, when it's in one, in one sense, we're not talking about a guy that may step on the field, even a first round pick in the, in this first round. They might not step on the field and be starters in, in day one or week one. Ray Elgar didn't start in his first year. You know, these guys that were Hall of Fame players a lot of times didn't start in their first year as Canadian draft picks. But you're, you're picking foundational players that you build and work with that become uh, the core of championship teams. That that's That's what this is, and that's why it's more important than – a flashy quarterback that sometimes works out and sometimes doesn't. Tom Brady went in the sixth round, and 100 quarterbacks went ahead of him in the last 20 years and flamed out and didn't work out. So, you know, that, that's why this draft is so important to get those foundational pieces and get the pieces that you're going to build with. And it's not just picking an or a D lineman or whatever, it, especially not now. The, the university athlete coming out of youth sports right now is so much more pro ready than they've ever been. And you, you, you know, you are going to see more and more guys that step in from the draft and actually become starters, you know, halfway through year one and star players. You're going to see it. So uh, Hamilton is on the clock. Uh, receivers, a, a big uh, spot for them and maybe defensive back too. We'll see where uh, Orlando, Orlando Steinauer and his squad goes. Hey, uh, before we let you go here, Glenn, we'll have you on maybe a little later on the show. Uh, 
Trevor yeah. Harris is here. Trevor Harris told me at a at a function on the weekend, I'm staying in the dorm. I said, well, you're the quarterback. Didn't you get a house? He goes, it's the process I respect. I got to earn my roster spot. And when he said that, I thought, Glenn Suter will love to hear that. He said, I got to <laughs> earn my roster spot. When I do, Ballsy, I'll get a house. I've got a couple picked out, but I haven't made the team yet. And then you see him here today in a draft party, in a room, shaking hands, uh, watching the thing intently. That's leadership. I, I like it. Yeah, you know, you know, and I when when that decision was made and and he became a Saskatchewan Rough Rider, that's one of the things that we talked about on this show was he, here's what I know about Trevor Harris is that he is a guy that no matter how experienced he is or how many times he's he's you know thrown that wide side out or or played in playoff games or whatever it may be or his level of experience he is one of those guys that is always trying to find a new way to be better. And, and that may sound like it's an automatic, like everybody does that. Everybody in pro football is going to do that. That's not true. A lot of guys, you know, the, even their off-season training is, is minimalized. They play basketball because they're such great athletes they can get away with it. But the really good ones, they will always try to find a new way to improve. And Trevor Harris is one of those guys. All the, interv- all the interviews I've ever had, he talks to a sports psychologist. He tries to, in, you know, find new ways to improve his, um, you know, his strength mentally. He finds new ways to work on his mechanics. When Nathan Rourke was, was playing as well as he was, he found out about Nathan Rourke's uh, technique trainer, for lack of a better word, and and then he contacted him to try and become better and see if there was something that he had to offer that could improve his game. When you got a guy like that that understands the process and understands that he has to earn the respect of his teammates, even if he's been in the league 10 years, even if he's been a champion or whatever, that you have to earn the respect of your locker room, that's a Again, a foundational start to something that could be great. So, uh, you know, you and I have talked about it a lot. I I know there's some people that say, oh, I've seen him have good games and bad games and all of that. Well, so is every other quarterback in the history of the game. Mm -hmm. But is he a heart and soul guy that understands the process and and is willing to earn the respect of his teammates? And that's what Trevor Harris is. So tell him I say hi. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I will. We'll catch up to you a little later on, Glenn. Thanks for your time, man. Okay. Thank you, guys. Glenn Suter joining us here early on here on the show. By the way, next pick is in. Sixth overall selection out of the U of S. Dayton Black, who was a quarterback and converted to lineman when he went to the U of S under the tutelage of, <laughs> couldn't get any better, Scott Flory, offensive lineman, Hall of Famer, great coach with the Huskies, Dayton Black is the pick for the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Orlando Steinauer to block for Bo Levi Mitchell. We'll get Don Hewitt's thoughts on wow. that, and we'll try to catch up with Dayton Black, too. As well, Sean- I mean, he's 6'6", 296, and he used to play high school quarterback, so what kind of an athlete is that? I mean, that's a lot of upside uh, as he continues to work out in the weight room, and it's a, a pretty darn good pick. Yeah, uh, I know Winnipeg even, there was talk that they even coveted yeah. Uh, getting Dayton Black and then uh, working with him to develop him. And so I'd have to say that's a pretty good 
a pretty good choice, but the Riders just have they've got enough offensive linemen. They, they did what they had to do. Great pick and great for Dayton Black. We'll try to catch up with him on the other side. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome to special coverage of the CFL Draft on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. First athlete from a Saskatchewan-based school is off the board. It is Dayton Black, offensive lineman out of the U of S. Our draft show is brought to you by CAA Travel Saskatchewan with locations across the province. And it's time to head out on the phone line and talk with our friend Dayton Black. How are you today, buddy? Congratulations. How does it feel to be a Hamilton Tiger Cat? Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm beyond ecstatic. I I got no words right now with this one. This is it's crazy. I'm so happy. Who are you sharing it with tonight? Uh, I'm with my family here, my mom and dad, my siblings, and then a bunch of the guys off our Huskies football team. So are you in Saskatoon, I'm assuming now? Uh, yes, I am. Awesome, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> if I told you seven years ago you'd be a first-round pick as an offensive lineman, what would you have said? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I would have believed you then, but... Yeah, it's a crazy story, and I'm beyond ecstatic to be part of this great organization out in Hamilton. So people might not know your story, okay? Six foot five, you're a 260-pound quarterback. You're like Dante Culpepper playing in Brandon, <laughs> Manitoba, and not just a, and not just like a. You weren't like a. How do I? You weren't like Tom Wilkinson or a Kent Austin, where you just stood around. You ran around. Mm-hmm. You moved around. So how do you become an offensive lineman? Yeah, you know, I got here and just trained with Scott Floor. You know, he's one of the best linemen to ever play the game, and learned from him every day, day in and day out. But, but like, did, was there a discussion like, "Hey, kid, if you want to go pro, you're not going to do it as a quarterback. You better switch." Yeah, there was. When I got to university here with Coach Floor, he he did. He sat me down. And he said, "Do you want to go play pro in the CFL? It's not going to be a quarterback. It's going to be at O line." And I said, yes, coach, and we haven't turned back since. <laughs> so, Dayton, being from Brandon, a lot of people from Brandon, they end up at the University of Manitoba. You went to Saskatchewan. Did you go to Saskatchewan because Scott Flory was the head coach there? I did, yeah. Everything about the U of S program has been great. They great coaching staff, and, yeah, to turn down an offer from Scott Flory is a hard thing to do. So, yeah, I haven't looked back since. So what have the Tiger Cats told you, like, uh, you know, in terms of their expectations, or has that conversation been had yet? And did you have an inkling they might be interested? I haven't had those conversations yet. Um, I'm actually getting another phone call from Hamilton. Could I phone Yeah, you, you go, man. You go. Hey, <laughs> congratula- right, congratulations, and thanks right. for taking time. I appreciate it. How about thanks, that? We guys. beat, yeah, no we beat the, ti- thanks, man. We beat the Tiger Cats to it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, we got another pick uh, on the board, uh, number seven overall, and it is the TCU guy, and you'll make me pronounce his name again, but hopefully I'll get it right this time. Luwal Yaguak from TCU, six foot five, two hundred and seventy-one pound defender. Didn't play much for the Horn Frog, uh, Frogs following a transfer from the University of Connecticut, but has all the tools to become an impact CFL player. So he goes to the Montreal Alouettes, their second first round selection. We're going to take a break and when we come back we're hoping to be joined by Braden Lenius who is in the house tonight. You're listening to our draft show on the Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM brought to you by CAA Travel Saskatchewan. 620 
KCKRM is the voice of Saskatchewan Roughrider football and your home for the CFL. Tonight, it's all about the future of the game we love. Welcome to CFL Draft Night, a special presentation of the Sports Cage in 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And our draft show brought to you by CAA Travel Saskatchewan with locations across the province coming to you from the Harvard Studio 620 on this sunny May the 2nd in Regina, home of the Rough Riders Mosaic Stadium. And uh, I'm joined by Don Hewitt, the professor, and now joined here by Mitch Picton, who is probably part of the best draft class that the Riders have had in the last decade, this one notwithstanding, because uh, it's it's still, well, it's still up in the air, right? Um, as oh, no, a, that'll be a great draft, yeah, Ballsy. Yeah, you said every draft pick is great at the start of the draft, so you you, you got to sell that, right? right but until they hit the field. That's right. So first round that year, they took Cam Judge. Second round, they took Darius Bladick. In the fifth round, they took a guy named Mitchell Picton of Lebolis, Regina Ram fame, and he's still a very big contributor to this football team. Thanks for joining us. What do you remember about that night? Uh, it was a longer night than I expected, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, looking back on it. It was a pretty special night. Uh, rounds were kind of pick, picks were coming and going. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just at home with uh, with my family and, and then uh, came off the board in the fifth round to uh, to the Riders. Were you disappointed you was the fifth round or did it really matter to you? No, it didn't really matter. I was thrilled, obviously, to uh, to be picked by Saskatchewan. So uh, that was a big deal. Um, yeah, it's more more so what you do when you get into the building, right? Uh, you'll hear players say that all the time. Now it doesn't matter what number you come off the board at, but uh, get your foot into the door, get into the building, and then uh, get to work. So uh, that's when the, the the real work starts. Well, and, and and the thing is, in the CFL, we've talked about it before, right? It's a it's a working man's league, so it's not like if you fall from first to f- uh, fifth, you're losing millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. And with only nine teams, right? The rounds go quick. So yeah, absolutely. Um, couldn't have worked out really any better for you. Last year sucked as a team, but I mean, you know, the one the one thing I always worry about, and we have a, you know, maybe a Jackson Ford or a Josh White. There's some talk maybe the Riders will be interested. In some, uh, you know, from the Rams or <laughs> alma mater. You, you worry sometimes about the local kid getting jerked around because oh, oh that, that can't happen. Mitch Pickton's yeah, here. Yeah. Well, we can put him over here, and hey, we'll call you kid when we need. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But that really hasn't been the case for you, and I think that's a testament to what you bring. Because I've heard a lot of guys say nobody knows the playbook better than Mitch Pickton. Yeah, it's really about what you do when you're in the building, right? You have to give them a reason to keep you around. You see guys get let go all the time, so uh, yeah, it's really about consistency and uh, and coming to work every day and uh, and just doing your job. I saw you doing something very very smart about 15 minutes ago, Mitch. Talking to the quarterback, your new quarterback. <laughs> you always have to do that as a receiver. What yeah. do you think of, a, of your new quarterback? Uh, I think he's great. Uh, he got in last Thursday, I believe. But, uh, yeah, we've been in the building every day together. Uh, we've gotten out and thrown a couple times. So, yeah, we've been uh, eager to get to work, and uh, and it's been really good so far. He seems like, he seems like a really good leader. Yeah, he's. A, I feel like he's a guy that uh, the guys want to play for. I've talked to a few of his former teammates, and I've heard nothing but good things. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting to work with Trevor. Now, it, it seems like with Trevor Harrison yourself, one of your fortes is you are in the right spot at the right time. You know how to read secondaries. That's your strong suit. Your yep. cerebral game is very good, but and so is Trevor Harris's. And if, if somebody's running the right route with a veteran like that, He's going to find you. Do you find that very encouraging that, oh, I might really, I might connect brain-wise with, with Trevor? 
Yeah, I do. Um, I, he gets the ball out quick. He gets the ball to uh, to where it needs to go. And uh, we've had a lot of conversations around timing and spacing, right? We have a big field up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. So uh, finding those holes in the defense and finding some soft spots is something that I find I, I can do. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, looking forward to, uh, to hopefully making that work this year. Air Canada once again here. We had it before. And it kind of we were getting it back again. You got Emelis last year who's still in the mix. Uh, Kean Schaefer-Baker is a stud. He's, he's working through a hip injury. You got Lennius back looking good. Yourself. I mean, we got some uh, great Canadian receivers and, and Bre- Breskison signing yep. here. So yep. uh, there, there seems to be uh, a real uh, appetite for Canadians in the receiving core from the team, which I like. And obviously you like it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, uh, if Canadian receivers are on the field, that's obviously good for me. But uh, we're super excited about our group. Uh, our Canadians were s- super tight. Um, we all love working together, and uh, and it's a room full of good guys. So really excited to uh, to get to work and uh, get back out on the field. You had a little, you had a little bit of a lower body injury last year that kind of yeah. hindered you. How's everything uh, feeling now? Good. We're 100% ready to roll for the season. I was going to say that one thing that Craig Dickinson said when he was talking about you was your outstanding off-seasons. Of course, a lot of people don't realize sometimes the off-season is more important than the actual season, and you know that. How has this year's off season been uh, for you, Mitch? It's been really good. Uh, it was been in Regina actually the uh, entire off season since Christmas. So um, yeah, I've been in the building a ton, uh, in the indoor facility as well, running, and uh, been doing a lot of lifting and training and stuff like that. So uh, I feel like my body's in ready to go, and uh, this is one of the better off seasons I feel like I've had in uh, in a couple of years. Kind of appropriate, we have a Rams sitting here because Anthony Bennett of the U of R Rams has just been selected by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Oh no way! Six three, two hundred and thirty <laughs> pounder, uh, first team All Star last year. Had nine sacks. Uh, he is definitely a difference maker, and he's one of those. He's one of those teams ready guys, right, Mitch? Like he'll be able to walk in and play special teams, which you need to do in the CFL. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. Actually, I was just talking to him about an hour ago. He's in. Uh, he's back home in Miami right now, and he's a uh, Florida Panthers fan. So I texted him. I said, "Good luck in the draft tonight," and he sent me a picture back because the Panthers are beating my Leafs. It's three two right now. As last I checked, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I had to take it back. I said whatever. I take back what I said with the good luck and whatever. Hope the Leafs pound you guys. Tonight. Leafs and Oilers in the Stanley Cup, and then we'll make a bet. How does that sound? Sounds good. Hey man, <laughs> best of luck. Nice to see you again. Thank you very take much. Care. Thanks Appreciate for having it, me. Man. And this guy here does a great job of off field off field stuff. Yeah, Mitch see Pickin, does. He does you a great job does. along with Lenius and uh, Jorgen Hughes, Brett Lother, um, and Trevor Harris. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, a great scene down here. See CFL draft night party at Mosaic Stadium. Anthony Bennett of the University of Regina Rams, eighth player selected by the Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Sean Kleisinger is trying to get a hold of him. May or may not. He's probably busy watching the Florida Panthers game. We beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats to uh, Dayton Black, so we got a hold of Black before the Tiger Cats did, which is absolutely hilarious. Just to review the pick so far, uh, Dante Bull, offensive lineman from Fresno State, going first overall to Ottawa. Michael Broderick, uh, linebacker out of the Montreal Caravan, going to the Edmonton Elks. Lake Corte Moore, defensive lineman, 6'3", 264 pounder, going to your Rough Riders, third overall selection. Cole Tucker, wide receiver out of Northern Illinois, 6'2", 195 pounder, going to the Calgary Stampeders. Jonathan Sutherland, linebacker of Penn State, a fame 5'11", 198 pounder. He has signed a uh, free agent, preferred free agent deal with the Seattle Seahawks. Dayton Black, the first Saskatchewan-based University kid off the board. Lineman from Brandon, Manitoba. Played for the Huskies. 6'6", 298-pounder. Going to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 
Luol Uguak, defensive lineman, 6'5", 270-pounder, Texas Christian, going to Montreal, their second first-round pick. And our next guest, defensive lineman, 6'3", 230-pounder, from the University of Regina Rams, Anthony Bennett, all the way from Florida, joining us. Anthony, congratulations. How does it feel? Hey, man, feels pretty good. I'm throwing up doves in Florida. Go ahead. Throwing them up. Throwing up dubs. Uh, it's kind of ironic you go to Winnipeg when you spent your uh, university career here with the Rams in the home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's okay. That's okay. They knew what it took to be great. They told me. They told me. They said, hey, I don't think you're going that far, but if you do, I got a phone call for you. So check it out. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, what's the first thing that – who pops into your mind first on a momentous day like this? I, honestly, I just want to great, thank God, thank my family. They all out here. I wish I could put you on FaceTime. I got a bunch of people I got to hug right now. That's awesome, man. Hey, I know it's a busy night for you, and you got to get going right away. What do the Winnipeg Blue Bombers get in Anthony Bennett? Oh, dude, they got the fieriest dude in this draft. I promise you, we going to the Great Cup again. We going to win again. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hey, and lastly, before I let you go, just a, just a shout-out to the Regina Rams. you got a couple of your uh, teammates in the draft as well, but just the organization as a whole helping you out. Oh, man, they, they just gave me an opportunity. That's all I say. Hey, guess what? The Dubs did the same thing. I appreciate Winnipeg for it, and I can't wait to go there, big dog. All right, man. Thanks for your time, Anthony Bennett. I appreciate it. Congratulations. That's Anthony Bennett of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Regina Rams fame, the eighth overall selection to the team that's been in the last three Grey Cups. They won two of the last three, lost the one here, which we were, sorry, Anthony, all happy about. The Argos beat the Bombers here in our stadium. Coming up, the BC Lions are on the clock. You're listening to our draft coverage brought to you by CAA Travel Saskatchewan. With nine lo- with uh, locations, pardon me, across the province, here on the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Welcome to special coverage of the CFL Draft on the Voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. All right, the first round is done. The BC Lions cap off round number one by taking a guy that uh, many pundits thought would go higher, Francis Beamy of Southern Utah uh, with the Thunderbirds over five seasons. He uh, recorded 38.5 tackles for loss and 13 sacks, so he goes to the BC Lions. We're joined by a guy who uh, you know, hung out in Regina in his youth, Lives in BC, but back here now. Braden Lenius of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How are you doing, my man? My man, it's it's a pleasure uh, to be here. I'm I'll tell you what, well. I was telling people this. I'm so impressed with you, the development of your speaking ability. I appreciate that. Has that has what you've been doing in the off season with the Rider Foundation helped that out? Hundred percent. You get out of your comfort zone, especially when you're forced to do the public speaking, right? Um, and I think the best way to start public speaking is with kids right it's the best you know <laughs> literally true. right yeah. no matter what you say they're going to smile yeah. they're going to look at you give you your attention um and then from there it's a trickle effect right um and i go back to washington we had a good media staff that you yeah. know we would take like little courses during the season of how to talk to media how to respond so a little bit of that a little bit of this it's it kind of all goes together how long did you pout when the nfl thing didn't work out i didn't pout man it was a uh it was a learning experience and it was something that i tell people that i think i needed in my young career because i'm, I'm only 26 years old and time's still on my side so it was uh, 
I learned a lot. It was a great experience, and you know what? Everything happens for a reason, right? So uh, I came back to where I was supposed to be, and now you know I got a good road ahead of me. Well, I had asked you this earlier when we were doing the chase the ace thing. That's if right. you're if you're totally bought in, I would imagine mm-hmm. it hasn't changed. Like no. A, a, and so, what's that mindset for you now? Like I'm a rough rider. I'm yep. the face of this organization. You have been until we got the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You were kind of the face of the organization in the offseason. Yeah. Here. No, that's that's not my intention to be the face. I just want to be that community ambassador, right? Like especially as a kid that grew up um, less fortunate. Um, being that community ambassador, seeing the guys like Darian Durant, Chris Gatzlaff, Fantuz, those guys before me do that stuff, it's something that we got to do as well, right? So um, it's been awesome. It's been it's been really cool to have that, you know, be able to be in the community, um, you know, build my individual brand as well as long mm-hmm. as the team, right? That's a big that's a big thing going as I you know get done with football. So it's um, it all it all plays off each other, and it's a benefit for both. Now, Braden, you're speaking so well as I'm listening to you. I'm wondering if you're going to take Ballsy's job over someday. Maybe. Maybe down the road. <laughs> Maybe you want I don't know. <laughs> don't I, hey. kick me out yet. <laughs> no, you know, I, I love listening to you guys, right? I, my grandfather was a huge um, John Gormley, CJ and me, when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then... Um, yeah. Especially 620 C Carrier with like the Pats games, the Rotter games. Yeah. Um, we used to have those on the house oh. all the time. He never yeah. used to like to watch the game. He used to like to be in the yard and listening to it. So oh, yeah. um, I've That's always cool. had an intrigue for you know broadcasting, but yeah. who knows? Oh, hey, cover band. When Luke's you know. done, maybe you step in, right? 100%. Maybe it's a hey. Come learn um, from you. you were what? You were uh, 219 when you had yeah. the really productive year, and then you went to uh, the NFL, beefed up to about 235, 240. Yeah. Um, are you about two twenty now? Where oh, do you yeah. at? Yeah, I'm right where I'm supposed. I'm, and that's I'm right at, where you want. At, uh, are you feeling like that? Uh, that oh, that yeah. that lean mean guy. I'm back to where um, I feel best. Um, I'm I'm playing. A, I'm starting. So when I got to camp that year, I was two nineteen, and I got to like two thirteen. Yeah. In camp because you lose weight. Yeah. I didn't like that. It was way too light. So I'm gonna go in at I'm at two twenty four, two twenty five mm-hmm. right now. Give myself that buffer. So by the time the season is rolling around, I'm at you know sitting at that two twenty. Um, and as you get older, you start to ca- you know you learn yeah. your body. You start to calculate those things, right? Yeah. So I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Well, you know, in, in looking at your professional football career, yep. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody fluctuate their weight like yeah. you did. Mm-hmm. And maybe talk about that. I mean, it yeah. takes a lot of discipline, does it not, to go up and down like that? It's 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 very tough. I think out of anything I do, like going back from like the NFL to up here, was the weight transition, right? That's mentally and physically, it's a lot. I think more mentally than physically, because you know, I work out and I work out, I can do it, but it's it's the mind that really it tests, right? And um, I have a great partner in my lady who, you know, mm-hmm. she busts my butt to help me and keep me in place sometimes, but um, you know what? Like you said, I, we, like we have a goal, and I have a goal of what I want to do my personally and with this team, right? And it makes it easy when you work to, for something like that. Can you like give that. us one of your goals? A lot of guys don't like to say it, but can you 100%. give us one of your goals? This, Like this year, this is I, I want this to be my most productive year, right? I don't Obviously, I have a goal in mind for the number of yards yep. and stuff, but I don't. I like to speak it in other ways into existence, whether you know show my leadership and also just be who I am, right? When I was in twenty, when I came in twenty twenty one, I didn't think I was just me, right? And it all kind of came together, right? And having another like a full season now, full camp, Trevor now who's showing some confidence in me, which is amazing, and I think everything's gonna work out. You know, I I was wondering when Don was talking about the weight. Yeah, <clears throat> was that one of the things you learned? Like when you get to two forty, yeah. okay. Do you feel like I'm not Braden Lenius? It doesn't feel like me. Like this doesn't how I want to play. Of course, yeah, no, hundred percent. And when I was down there in Atlanta, it was it was that. But you have to learn to get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Especially for work yep. and so something like that. But um, 
Yeah, you, you. I felt the weight. Like you know, like when I make certain moves, or the you know, like I used to you know down here when I was at that lower weight, running past dudes. You know, and then it would be down there, I was a little step for step. Sometimes like that's the weight, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not nothing, but you know, a little a couple. What it was a twenty pounds, like literally. Yeah, actual whole that's a lot of. Pounds, that's a right? lot of poundage. Um, so that's a lot of weight to carry. But um, shutting it off from that now, I feel I'm, I'm flying now. I feel like my old self, which is great. With tonight going on, yeah, it feels like this is a. Uh, this is the football season. This, this is, is the start. Doesn't it feel like this is the it? start? This is it. This is like as soon like everybody was saying. As soon as the snow melt, as soon as the <laughs> yeah. snow was melted, like that's okay. Football season's rolling around, um, and coming back here, right? I've been here off season, but now seeing like Trevor here, Wynikey's here today, um, more guys trickling in. So, like, mm-hmm. so that's when you know it's, it's 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 really coming. Lastly, I'll let you go. How proud are you to be a Regina guy playing for the Rough Riders? It's everything. I could have possibly dreamed for they, they talk about manifest destiny and i think i think in this situation i think a little bit of whoever's up there kind of played their part in that um it's it's everything i've ever wanted right like i have pictures with my grandma and my grandparents in rider gear as a kid right and to be going from practices with my cousin who's equipment manager to you know watching him in high school and college then now getting drafted to the, by them and the road i've been to and being able to be here for like the last five years it's um, I'm giving my everything, right? When you when you give yourself give yourself to everything, I hope you, you get the best in return, right? So that's all I'm trying to do. Well, we're cheering for you, man. Appreciate You're a great it. guy. Thank you, man. Take care, man. Thanks for your time. Right. I really Thanks. appreciate Thanks. it. Nice we'll see you in training yeah. camp. Yeah. It's Braden Lenius. No, I'll bug you too, man. Absolutely. <laughs> this is the uh, draft show brought to you by CAA Travel Saskatchewan with locations across the province. Here, the Sports Cage on location on 620 CKRM. To our CFL draft night on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. All right, so we've got the CFL draft well underway. The second round has just started, and Ottawa takes defensive back out of Mount Allison. Lucas Cormier, Don, you got some information there for us? You know, there's some folks that feel that there weren't a lot of really high-quality defensive backs Canadian-wise in this draft. I guess we'll find out if that comes out to be true. Cormier probably a couple of years away from being a starter, 6'2", 2'10". He will likely start... You know, his CFL career in special teams, but they, they see lots of athleticism in him. They see a lot of, uh, you know, uh, development ahead of him. And so, you know, he could be he could be a good one in no time. And we'll see how he does. I mean, when you play at Mount Allison, you play a lower caliber of, of football. So they'll, they'll yeah. you know, that, that's the one gamble. But, uh, no, I mean, he he's ranked to go a little bit later. In, in probably the second round, early third. But, uh, you know, first DB off the board, I believe. When I think of Mount Allison, I think of Kelly Jeffrey, who coached that football team. They they were a terrible franchise till he, or, uh, uh, you know, entity till he took it over yep. and uh, turned them around. Like, I think they lost 108 to nothing the year before. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. No, and yeah, no came, I know. And then he yeah. came back and turned And what that team would around. do that, by the way? What team would rock up no. a 108? That's yeah, pathetic. Yeah, that is anyway, pathetic. Hey, story. riders are on the clock. Many people expect Jackson Ford to go here next to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the uh, grandson of uh, Al Ford. We heard from Jackson earlier on our draft show. Josh White, another one expected to go. Uh, maybe the Riders will have interest in. And you were talking about Canadian defensive tackles and the Riders thin there. Tanner Schmeckel's a D-tackle from the Rams. He, he was with the Rams Took a year off because school wasn't his thing. Played with the Regina Thunder, then went back with the Rams and had a great year last year with the Rams. And he's a big boy. Huge oh, boy. real big boy. Real big boy. And he's a stud in the weight room. And you need to be stout and tough inside on the interior of that D-line. Sherbell DeBeer's the guy that was a draft pick that's still hanging around here. But the Rough Riders definitely need some... Uh, 
beefing up uh, depth-wise in the interior of that defensive line. So we'll see where they're going to go with the uh, 11th overall pick, second of round number two. So just to reiterate, Dante Bull first to the Red Blacks, Michael Broderick from Montreal to the Edmonton Elks at two. Lake Corte Moore from UBC to the Riders, third overall selection, 6'3", 264-pound defensive lineman. We've got uh, Cole Tucker, Northern Illinois, 6'2", 195-pound receiver to Calgary. Uh, Jonathan Sutherland, linebacker, 5'11", 198 from Penn State. He has signed a free agent deal, though, with the Seattle Seahawks. Dayton Black from the U of S Huskies, converted quarterback at Brandon Manitoba, became a lineman under Scott Flory's tutelage, the Regina guy, Flory, and the Canadian Football Hall of Famer, 6'6", 298, going to Hamilton at number 7, Luol Aguak, uh, 6'5", 270-pound defensive lineman from Texas Christian. Anthony Bennett, the first Ram taken off the board, 6'3", 230-pounder, going to the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We had him on the show. And Francis Bemi rounded out the uh, first round, a D-lineman out of Southern Utah, 6'4", 257 pounds. And the last draft pick from the Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, Mount Allison Mounty. That would be Lucas Cormier, 6'2", 205 pounder. And we are just waiting to see. He's about to turn, by the way, 20... By my math, 22 years of age here coming up uh, on May the 7th. Riders, the war room, as we see on TV, just uh, getting ready to put their pick in. They're on the clock. Craig Dickinson, Jeremy O'Day. Dickinson in his rider shirt. O'Day in his suit jacket, unbuttoned shirt. And... Uh, now, I was going to say about Tanner Schmeichel, watching him with the Rams last year, we'll see what they're going to do. A lot of double teams. Yep. He was double teamed all year, and he's got pretty good movement for a guy that's almost 300 pounds at his height. Well, it's a key to when you're talking about drafting local, okay? Winnipeg takes a, a, a Regina guy, not much of a culture shock, okay? You got you, you maybe no, get guys like Jackson yep. Ford or Josh White. Uh, I know a lot of these other teams ask guys, hey, uh, are you gonna? Are you like a Josh Haggerty? Are you okay coming to Toronto, or do you? Are you gonna go back to Saskatchewan the first chance you get? That's, that's why. Right. That's why yeah. what Neil McAvoy did last year mm-hmm. with the BC Lions, drafting all those U of S Huskies and then Ryder yeah. Varga from the Rams. They can all live together and enjoy the single life in Vancouver. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of insulates them a little bit. Well, we'll see. I mean, I really don't know where they're gonna go here. Where there's O line linebacker, it's gonna. You know, we figured it was defensive line all the way, and we were right. On the first pick, I'm not absolutely positive where they're going to go here. Well, you look at their second-round pick, Zach Fry in 2022, Terrell Janna in 2021 at wide receiver, Braden Lenius, the guy we just had on in 2019, was a second-round pick, and Micah Tights, who is uh, coming back after his injury that wiped out last year in 2018 from the UFC Dinos, Randy Ambrosi. About to announce the Rough Riders draft pick, and it is Jackson Ford! Defensive back from the U of R Rams. His grandfather, Al Ford. Now the question becomes, does he get number 21, Don Hewitt? Who's got 21? Nelson Lacombo. That's going to be interesting because Jackson has to wear 21. Does he? Well, I would say so. 130 tackles, 5 picks, 2 forced fumbles in 29 career games with the Rams. 34 tackles in 22, 1 pick, uh, 1 forced fumble in 9 games. It's going to be a popular pick. Well, and his stock really shot up 
his stock really shot up at the combine with his uh, with his coverage and uh, his testing. And we are joined by Al Ford's grandson, Jackson Ford of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How does that sound, Ford? That sounds great. I love how it sounds. Did you have Did you have an inkling that the Rough Riders were interested in you, Jackson? Uh, no, I mean, oh man, I'm just, I'm so thrilled right now, I can't even think. <laughs> well, that's, that's fine, man, it's totally understandable. Uh, who are you sharing this night with, Jackson? Uh, just the family, you know, just, yeah, family, woman, oh yeah. man, it's unbelievable. Um, how's your, how's your grandfather react into this? Oh, I haven't talked to him yet, he's actually just at home, so I was, I was gonna call him next. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad we got the phone call first. Um, <laughs> what is it? What does it mean to you, not only to be a Regina kid with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but that Ford name with the Rough Riders? Oh man, it means everything. You know, I mean, Grandpa playing here, being the GM, it's just it's truly a dream come true for me. Yeah. Um, is there any pressure having Ford as a last name wearing green and white? There's got to be a little bit of pressure, isn't there? Of course, there's pressure, but. Uh, as soon as I strap on that helmet, it all goes away, and I just focus on the game. So for people that haven't watched you play, Jackson Ford, tell them how you play. I'm a very physical, versatile, smart player. That's all I'll say. Okay, awesome. And and how much do you think that combine really helped your uh, stock? I know people were talking like that, but did you have a feeling like it really helped you after, uh, after uh, the Edmonton situation there? Yeah, you know, I think I performed pretty well. I mean... I didn't do as good as, um, you know, the best players, obviously, but I think it uh, definitely helped me, uh, you know, get drafted in the, the second round. So are you, here's the big question. Are you going to get number 21? That was your grandfather's number. Nelson Lacombo has it. Are you going to – I know it's the CFL. It's not like you can give him $10,000, but are you going to maybe give him, like, a gift certificate or something to get that number? Oh, man, I, I, don't, I don't care what number I have. I'm just thankful for the opportunity that they've, uh, they've given me. Jackson Ford, uh, and one last question for you, man. Um, you, you, you grew up a lot of your life, uh, in the very formative years, without your dad who passed away suddenly, the tragic accident. I know you talked about it. Uh, we actually played an interview I did with you earlier about how much your grandfather helped you. But just a shout-out to your mom, and also, you know, you're probably thinking of your dad today. Absolutely, yes, sir. You know, this is definitely for him and my family, absolutely. Jackson Go call your grandpa. Enjoy the night, man. Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Take care, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate you, too. That's Jackson Ford. Safety for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We'll be back with more in a moment. Here, our draft night for CAA Travel Saskatchewan on 620 CKRM. Welcome to special coverage of the CFL Draft on the voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. And another pick is in uh, at number 12. The Ottawa Red Blacks have taken James Peters, who went to Ottawa, had 58 total tackles and two forced fumbles in eight games. 2022 U Sports first team All-Canadian, 2022 uh, OAU first team All-Star. And I know you'll say, well, Ballsy, if he's a first team All-Canadian, of course he's going to be a conference first team All-Star. That's not always the case. So <laughs> in the wacky world that is U Sports football. Um, okay, so back to the last pick for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Second pick of the second round. Their second pick of the draft, 11th overall, Jackson Ford. Champion with Campbell. Played with the Rams. Hybrid guy. 
uh, really showed well at the combine. But I, I was looking at, and I'm happy for the kid. Don't get me wrong. And uh, Jackson Ford, Al Ford, it's a, it's a great story. But when you look at it, a lot of the mock drafts had him at in the fifties. Now, 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 now. Granted, Don, a lot of the mock drafts haven't followed what we've seen tonight in the draft. So maybe personnel people know more than the mock draft people. You'd like to think so, but. In some ways, it is a little bit of a shocker because I think the Riders probably could have had him a little lower. I was surprised, and I also wasn't at the combine. Yes, to see and I wasn't either, and, and it wasn't and streamed. I, and, and it I, wasn't streamed. And I didn't watch Ram film either. No, like like the rougher said, I think a lot of it goes back to you know what Jeremy Day talks about in character, and the type of of personality they want on the Rough Riders, and in that they've got Jackson Ford. Uh, I think it could be argued possibly that they could have got this same player maybe a round or two later. But they obviously were so impressed with the overall package that you know they're they know they know, you know, what they're doing. As far as I'm concerned, they they drafted very well in the second round. If you take a look at the last five years and their second round picks have been sensational. Mm-hmm. So they, they we must mentioned have it tights, Lenius. I mean there's been some good picks there. Right. So they obviously really wanted them, but Yes, I mean, I'm. I'm. Everybody's really happy. I'm very happy for Al, his grandpa. But Jim, Jim Barker, who is on the TSN TV right now, was on our show yesterday. Former executive yep. and coach in this league said Jackson Ford was his favorite guy on the board. Wow, that's what he said. He's my favorite Isn't guy on the board. Isn't that something? So interesting. He's watched well, a lot of tape. Well, the one thing is this: Jeremy O'Day knows more about Jackson Ford than I do, or you do, or the average fan does. And so in Jeremy, we trust. He decided to go 11th to Jackson Ford, and he had his reasons. But I was surprised. I was hoping they'd get Jackson Ford. I didn't I didn't know he'd be this high in the draft. Alouettes are up next. Uh, their second-round pick last year was Redeem Brown, who went to the who was a Saskatoon kid at the U of A under the tutelage of Chris Morris, and he went back to school to finish his degree. So he'll be in camp this year um, again. Um, they've had uh, some pretty good uh, selections there in the last five years. You look at Mark Antoine DeQuo as the uh, safety. Uh, that uh, played a big part in their secondary. Here's Randy Ambrosi with the Montreal Alouettes second round selection here. And they are going David Delaire, fullback from Laval. So you see a lot of these teams. Now, I know it's a small league, but a lot of these teams choose to go local. French, they are. local, somebody that's uh, you know close to the region, things like that. And he's a guy that uh, is 6'3", 220 pounds from saint jean Quebec. Well, I mean, right now what we're looking at is we're looking at uh, teams are picking players at the moment, like a Jackson Ford, that really want to play in that team, desperately want to play in that team. I mean, Jackson Ford's going to be outstanding on special teams. You know that already. He'll be very good on special teams. But the Riders aren't the only ones doing that. No. We've seen this with a few other picks where they're getting a local kid that's going to give blood, sweat, and tears, like just like Braden Lenius was saying earlier yep. and growing up in Regina. And you you know that's that's an intangible you cannot measure. You can't measure that the the heart that a player has when he when he's playing exactly where he wants to be and he's and he's grown up dreaming of it. Jackson Ford has dreamt of 
playing for the Rough Riders since he was five years old. Mm -hmm. And I bet you our next guest here, who I caught up with uh, earlier, uh, has dreamt of... Actually, we'll hold on that one, Zinger. Let's go to the great story out of Saskatoon. This guy here, uh, a great receiver for Mason Nice, the Regina-born Husky quarterback, who now is the quarterback's coach at UBC. But Daniel Perry from Calgary has an interesting story. Let's hear from Daniel. Here with the U of S Huskies receiver Daniel Perry. Ready for draft night here. Exciting night for you, my friend. Oh, of course it is. I'm here with my family. It's going to be an exciting time. I'm just hoping that all goes well and uh, I have a bright future ahead of me. Any uh, any idea if you'll get drafted, when you'll get drafted, what it's looking like? Um, just from like a little bit of uh, chit-chat that, I, that I've that uh, i heard, I'm hoping that I could, I'm going to be going between maybe rounds three and five and um, honestly, I have no clue where I would go. I'm just hoping that it's just uh, anywhere, honestly, just to get drafted and get the opportunity to play. Yeah, and that's a good attitude because, and, and not to diminish the CFL because it is a big deal to be a professional football player, but it's not like if you go in round two or round five in the NFL, you're losing out in millions of dollars. In the CFL, you just have to get the camp, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, honestly, just yeah, get drafted wherever and just do what you do what you can and show what you true skills and hopefully get an opportunity to stick with the team. When did you... Uh... You know, when did you think, Daniel Perry, I want to be a professional football player? Uh, the idea honestly started to formulate when I when I first started playing football back in like Pee Wee and Bantam. Um, I was actually chose the football over hockey because I, I knew I'd go further in football. And honestly, just kept on growing and growing until I got to university. And when university came, like I actually thought, like I actually say, like this this could become a reality. And I just I just pushed and fought for it my for the, uh, my university career, and here I am now. If I remember correctly, Calgary, Alberta guy. What made you go to the U of S? Um, honestly, one of the biggest things was just wanting to, to get away from home and just experience that on my own feeling, away from the family and living on my own. And then, honestly, just I thought it was a better opportunity. How did you find that experience? Oh, it was, it was just the first year was honestly the, the, the unforgettable. Just uh, being out there with just the boys in the dorm rooms, no family. Um, no parents, no no rules, no nothing. Just doing everything on your own. It was it was pretty awesome. That would prepare you, though. Say Ottawa picks you, or Hamilton, or something. You're already used to living away from home, so it's not as much of a culture shock. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be. Um, after my first years, like I've been living on my own out here for for the past like three, almost four years. So, like, yeah, honestly, I, I could I could move out wherever and just just be all right with being on my own or being living with roommates. Like, I'll, I'll be good for that. Looking back on your Huskies career, uh, what do you think of it? How would you put it into words? Uh, definitely I'd say it, it was a, it was a slow climb at the beginning. Um, and then COVID hit. And I think honestly, COVID was one of the best things that could happen for me and maybe our team. Like it was a good reset, good mental reset. Um, it helped, it honestly helped me just like figure out some stuff about me that I needed to. And then my, my past couple of years have been, been honestly the, the, the peak of it, the, the, the good stuff. So it's been, it's been an exciting career journey. And talk about, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm GM of the BC Lions, uh, or I don't know, Ottawa. Let's just say, if I'm if I'm one of those GMs, tell me right now, why should I pick Daniel Perry? Uh, I'd say I, I bring a lot to the team. I bring a lot of uh, obviously route running. Uh, my top route's really good. Got pretty good uh, consistent hands. And then one big of my things is just my after the catch. I can uh, make some guys miss and get some extra yards after the catch. Are you prepared to play special teams? Because a lot of Canadians coming in uh, maybe didn't play special teams a lot in U sports in terms of going down and covering kicks and things like that. Is Daniel Perry ready to do that? 
course I'm ready. I'm ready to, to show that I can tackle. Offensive guys can tackle and we can make some plays too. Hey, uh, lastly, Daniel, it's been a tough year, tough little bit for you. It was well documented. Your dad was going through a cancer battle, I believe brain cancer. Um, I hadn't heard much since the Vanier Cup. Can you fill my listeners in on how that's going and how much of a challenge that's been for the family? Uh, obviously, the, the challenge never stops just because every single day that passes, it's, uh, it's coming closer. It's unfortunately the time that he will pass. Um, he, he did get a second surgery because uh, another tumor started to grow. So it just kind of puts things back into perspective and like back to the reality that there's still an end date. Um, and he's still, he's, we're still fighting uh, the cancer cause, but uh, we're good. We're doing good. Our spirits are high. Our family's always, always close. We, we consistently keep in touch. And it's just, it's just uh, the biggest thing is just us being together throughout this whole process. Does he know what's going on in terms of, and I don't mean this rudely, does he know, does he, is he aware of what's going on? What's good? You know, I know he went to the Vanier cup, but I'm talking right now with the draft. Oh yeah. He, he, he knows he's excited. He's, he, he tells me he's proud of me all the time. So I'm just, uh, I'm hoping I can uh, uh, make him and my mom and my family proud and uh, bring a name to the Perrys. You've already done that, man. But uh, lastly, uh, how much uh, has what your dad and your family's gone through taught you in terms of putting things in perspective? So suppose Daniel Perry doesn't even get drafted and has to sign as a free agent somewhere. That is a prob- That pales in comparison to what you guys have been doing. Um, one of the the biggest things that I've learned throughout this whole process is just like honestly, like life. Life honestly, life is too short. It like if you have. Like I, I've honestly noticed with me, like man, like if I'm if I'm angry with someone or like I get in a little like I don't know something with someone, I'm like man, like what's the point? Like life life's too short. So that's the biggest thing I've learned is just like um, take everything with a grain of salt. And uh, if I if honestly if I don't get drafted, I'm a free agent. Uh, I've uh, this is honestly another thing it's just taught me is just patience. Just just be patient and just. Um, trust the process and things will get things will happen. Well, we wish you nothing but the best tonight and going forward, man. I know uh, success is in your future. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Good luck with the draft and good luck with your dad and the family, okay? Thank you for having me on here. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, Daniel Perry with a great story. Still waiting to see where he goes in the draft. The BC Lions in the second round just took uh, Guelph defensive back Searman Harrison Bagayogo. 6'2", 195 pounder. Donnie's an older guy like Anthony Bennett at 26 years of age. Same type of deal here. Twenty-six. He'll be 26 years of age coming up here in November. So it's well, an and older he was, guy. He, he's a guy that in some ways came came out of nowhere in some respects. But he's, he's a physical specimen. And they, they believe obviously they could make a, a better football player out of him and work with him there because he wasn't somebody that's been talked a lot about pre-draft. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from the Rough Riders general manager in the first couple of picks that they've made. Uh, One of those, Jackson Ford at number 11. That's coming up next. It's the Sports Cage and our coverage of the Canadian Football League College Draft. From the first pick to the last pick, brought to you by CAA Travel Saskatchewan with locations across the province to serve you. Thanks to Terry and the gang for getting on board. We'll be back with more in a moment from Mosaic Stadium. Special coverage of the CFL Draft on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to Mosaic Stadium for our draft show brought to you by CAA Travel Saskatchewan with the Professor Don Hewitt. I'm Michael Ball. They've had a uh, fan event here where they've invited uh, season ticket holders, uh, select season ticket holders, 
to come here and uh, take part in the draft night festivities. Uh, interviews on stage, Daniela Ponticelli, Jeremy O'Day was there to start the draft, and also uh, Braden Lenius and Mitch Picton, who have been uh, stopping by here in our setup here. Um, I want to give a shout out to Sean Kleisinger back at the station. He's done a great job. Best operator in the business, bar none. And I'll tell you what, he's so good. We may never do this again because the, the CFL is going to be ticked off. We got, we got Al Ford's grandson, Jackson, before Al even talked to him. And, and we talked to, uh, who else did we talk to? That Oh, Dayton Black. Before Hamilton even got a hold of Dayton Black, we got Dayton Black from the U of S Huskies. And I don't even think Anthony Bennett talked to the Blue Bombers before we talked to him. So uh, there you go. We'll recap all of the picks for uh, the teams here. The Rough Riders did take with their first overall selection in the uh, Canadian College Football Draft. Lake Corte Moore, defensive lineman from UBC, and they stayed in the Can West Conference with Jackson Ford, if you know that name. His uh, grandfather, Al Ford, former rider, GM, um, and, of course, former great Rough Rider player. Jackson Ford, if he's to get Al's number 21, has to steal it somehow from Nelson Lacombo. Speaking of O'Day, speaking of Ford, speaking of Lake Corte Moore, let's hear from Jeremy O'Day. Yeah, we're, we're happy to uh, to draft him. Obviously, I, I say every year the, the players we pick, we're excited to have them. But, um, you know, we just looked at a, a player that we can add a different element to our team. Um, we're always looking for guys that can rush the passer. And um, he has ability to do that. We think that he can contribute right away. I think that he can also play on special teams. He's got a lot of value there. And he's got the size and the speed. He's, you know, 6'4", 260 pounds. And um, someone that we've uh, had our eyes on for a while and had a lot, a lot of discussions about and um, lots of debates of who to take at that pick, and um, we're just happy that we we're able to get him and uh, happy as a rough rider. Did it change at all uh, from picks one and two to, to get him at three? Did not. No, did not. What separated him from other defensive linemen? Because you had the pick of D linemen at that point. Yeah, we just, um, you know, we, we've been following him for a while, and, you know, we've got to see him uh, in person. I think uh, maybe a little bit of his game against Regina Rams where we watched in person where we were on the field, and, uh, he had one of his his better games here, but really with him, um, as I said before, he his uh, his he caught our caught his, caught our eye of Kyle Carson when um, we were scouting the East West or the East West game last year, and um, we thought he was just a dominant player in that um, uh, in that game. He looked like he was playing at a different speed, and um, we just see a lot of uh, value to him of what he can bring to us. And Jackson Ford, always nice to draft a guy with some rider connection. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I say it all the time that um, you know we, we draft the players that um, that we have the highest on the board and in a position that we want. And um, you know, Jackson was uh, uh, we were hoping he would be there in the second round all along. And I know that some uh, some of the reports were were correct on the mock drafts. Um, you know, special for me, his his grandpa actually brought me to uh, Saskatchewan, and. Uh, uh, didn't have any influence on the pick, I promise you that. But uh, it definitely was an added uh, uh, personal thing for myself, uh, knowing that his dad brought me here and um, you know hearing the excitement on his voice when we picked him. But um, we didn't pick some, we didn't pick him because he was Al's grandson. We picked him because he's a heck of a football player, and and that was across the board in our uh, with our coaches and our personnel department. Um, we feel like he can help on special teams, and he's got a chance to play safety in our league. And um, Obviously, the roots being here helps us, but um, we're happy to have Jackson. 
How much did the combine help uh, sports status or stock, I should say? Um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, he's not here right now, so I'll say, you know, I think in person he looks uh, he looks shorter than he really is. I mean, he's almost six feet tall and he's almost 200 pounds and uh, carries himself well and um, had, a, had a strong combine. But I think for us, um, you know, he he only climbed as, as the time went on of, of evaluating. He just kept climbing and his name just kept popping up for us. And um, yeah, just really good football player that uh, added bonus that he's, that he's from here. The mock drafts had uh, the guy you got at number three, maybe around number eight. You guys ever look at the mock drafts? Do you laugh at that, the discrepancies? Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, we could we could bring out our mock drafts and publish them to everyone, and everyone might laugh at us, right? So, they're uh, they're always different. That's why they're mock drafts, right? So you you don't know exactly what other teams are thinking and what they're doing, um, but that's that has no bearing at all on uh, who we pick on on what the mock drafts say. Welcome back to. The Harvard Studio 620 Lounge as the Rough Riders made their first two selections. And you heard right there the um, the strategy behind the picks. They like Lake Corte Moore, defensive lineman from UBC. I like him too. And then a little bit of a, kind of a personal uh, touch on that with regards to Jackson Ford. Although Jeremy said, hey, it wasn't. that's not the reason I picked him. But uh, it, it factored in a little bit. That's interesting because... I mean, Jeremy O'Day has lived here for a long time since he came here from the Toronto Argonauts as an offensive lineman. He knows Regina and he knows Al very well, obviously, as he said, Al brought him in the league. Mm -hmm. They know already that some people are going to say, well, maybe this is politics or or et cetera, et cetera, that Saskatchewan bring in Jackson. That's how badly they wanted him as a player Mm -hmm. because they they knew they'd hear that. Yeah, but they wanted to pick him because they thought he was the best player at his position at the time in the draft. Yeah, for sure. So that's sort of proof in the pudding. Yeah, and you know, there's been a couple that have not really panned out on the way the pundits thought. Uh, no, not at all. Like this, not uh, at all. Like Sirman Harrison Bagayago, uh, defensive back, older guy, almost 26 years of age from Guelph, and then now Jake Kelly's been picked by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, 15th overall defensive back, 5'11", 182 pounders. So uh, he is uh, coming over to Winnipeg once again. They go defense with their first two picks. The defending Grey Cup champion Toronto Argonauts are on the clock. Their first pick in this draft comes 16th overall. You know, the mock drafts so far, Ballsy, have been an absolute and total debacle. Apparently the media doesn't know what they're talking about yeah, well, with the mock drafts. Or they do, and we'll find out that they do later, right? Well, we'll find out because the, nobody that's actually running a CFL team is looking at these mock drafts. They're mocking the mock drafts. That's hilarious. Um, all right. So uh, we are waiting for the uh, Toronto Argonauts pick as Randy Ambrose is about to announce it here. And with the pick... It is receiver out of Pittsburgh, oh, yes, Jared yeah. Wayne, now, 16th yeah, overall. And he's he's highly, highly touted. There, there's one that was on the mock drafts. Now that's for sure is, is Jared Wayne. I mean, he's a, he's a good one. 6'3", 210-pound receiver who was very good at Pittsburgh. And he's got the, you know, he's athletic. He can do anything. He's definitely a CFL type of football player with the, the way he plays. And, uh, you know, 
His, his pro day numbers even look good on NFL team drop boards. But uh, 60 catches, 1,063 uh, yards, five touchdowns in 12 games last year. Signed a preferred deal. I didn't see with who, but he has signed a uh, free agent deal, meaning that uh, he's got a signing bonus, probably around $10,000. So he is uh, going to take a shot at the NFL well, first. Let me tell you, Ballsy, this could be this could be a, the steal of the draft. If he comes here. Yes, and you know, a lot of indications that I see, I think he eventually will. I think this could be one of the steals of the draft this pick Zinger, right now. Zinger told me he signed the preferred free agent deal with the Houston Texans, so we shall see. Of course, that's the school that's brought us the likes of uh, Larry Fitzgerald, University you know, of Pittsburgh. You know, you look at old pinball dancing around and singing. He, he actually knows what he's doing. You take a look at some of the, the, the drafts that Toronto has made and some of their personnel decisions, Yeah. and then you go, oh, yeah, they won the Great Cup here at Mosaic Stadium last November. Well, I, I love this pick. It's, it's one of the best picks I've seen and and a lot of people thought athletically this guy could be the first pick in the draft. Very interesting. Honestly. Very, he's speaking of drafts. I don't want to beat it to a dead horse. But <laughs> two two rounds of the global draft. Okay. Two rounds done in twenty minutes. What's that? Eighteen picks. Seven of them were kickers or punters. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers drafted a dude that was 36 years old as a punter. If he signs with the Bombers, he's the second oldest guy on the team behind Stanley Bryant. Don, if you're drafting that many kickers in the first round, it's obviously become a kicker's draft. I mean, in the two rounds. Number one. Number two, if you are drafting a 36-year-old guy, what does that tell you about the quality of players? Yeah, you're talking about kickers? I'm talking about players in general. If you're drafting a 36-year-old guy in your globe, 26 is one thing. 36, Don, tells you right there. So in, in, in business, in relationships, in sports, you have to cut bait at some time. It is time to cut bait on this 2.0 debacle. I'm sorry, it's an embarrassment. It's a sham. Give me an extra Canadian. Well, Give me an extra Canadian. And and the thing is, Don, you go, sorry, I asked your opinion and I'll get yours. Go but ahead. You go, <laughs> go ahead. You, go. You're forced to put a mannequin on your roster, okay? Who's the bomber guy that was pretty good? Uh, uh the uh, the defensive end. What's his name, Zinger? Hansen. Hansen. Yeah. Thanks, Zinger. And he is pretty good. Yeah, so so but other than that, name me a guy that's really stood out as a global player. Well, I mean, other than kickers and punters, they've they've sort of made the global player irrelevant because in order to to play, he has to replace an American. Because even these so, guys that run the league know that, that the personnel guys know that it's crap. They'll say that it isn't because they have to tow the company line. I don't. It's stupid. Unless Sweden, Finland, Mexico are giving us 500000 or a million dollars where it's, it affects the bottom line, which it hasn't. And, you know what I mean? Or unless we're getting a big social media or streaming deal because they all want to clamor to watch a guy hold his helmet on the sidelines. Get out of here. And do you not think the NFL has the... They're, started, they're thinking about doing a European division in the NFL. So they've already got... Europe. Oh, Europe's global. already. They Europe's already, already they, got, got everything yeah. cornered oh, over there. NFL has Europe. I, I here. I'm just gonna talk out and think out loud here, Ballsy. I think for an actual uh, player position on the field, having to replace an American, yeah, it's it's sort of a joke. The global players, uh, although there's there are seem to be some better ones coming along here in the last year or so on field. But what I'm what I'm looking at is I think they feel, and when I say they, I mean the league. 
just in terms of punters, I think they feel that there are, because of Australia rules football and all these, and soccer that they play in, in Europe, and, and you're not going to like this. You're, you're looking at me right no, now. I'm listening to you. But I, I got a feeling they think they can get better punters from global than they can as Canadians. Yeah, because that's we, what I think. Because when you doing. kick in Australia, it's probably the same as kicking in cold weather in Regina. You're looking at Vedvik. Uh, He's struggle. a good punter. Yeah, but he's struggling. He does in the, in the, you're, you're taking Canadian kicking jobs away. It makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. There's no nobody can tell me that it's working. So at some point, end it. I think it's 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 punters. I mean, the guy who won the Mark Guy Award. The, Ray, the Riders Ray got Ray Guy. Ray Guy. From, from well, who Ray, the hell is Mark Guy? Yeah, I don't Mark, know. Ray Guy. Mark Guy. Mark Guy was the receiver for the Riders. That's right. In '89, nine. I'm going back to the '89 Rough yeah, Riders. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, this guy looked like a pretty good. Adam Hunter, Korzak from Australia. And he's going to probably maybe get a good look in the NFL, but this guy, he puts it inside the 10-yard line like crazy. And that's the other thing. That's right. the other thing. That's the other thing. We've put we've put a, a red coat of paint on a barn and called it a new barn. Because check this out. Korzak is an Australian, but he played at Rutgers. These are all fake global players. They're playing over already in the United States. It's kind of like... For some time. It's kind of like... Who's the Aussie punter we had here? The guy here we just had. Right. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Zinger, what's the guy's name we just had before, Ryan? The Aussie punter. What is his name? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, the guy. We all know who you mean. Yeah, yeah the guy The guy was an internet. They, 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 they called him an import. No, the guy that we just had here, the veteran guy before John Ryan. What was the, what was the Aussie guy's name? Now it's killing me. Well, I mean, I, I think they know that they're not going to get any more fans with this global initiative. They found that out, right, Ballsy? I mean, like as you said about the NFL in Europe, that, that's that that's just not happening and will not happen. But I think it's just become a, it's become a punter's sort of scenario is what Josh it's become. Martel. Josh yeah. Bartell. And exactly. So, and yeah. so I Josh think Josh Bartell was either considered, I don't know if they considered him a national, but he would have been considered just like an an, inter, like an import player because he's part of the imports. That's what, like what we're doing here is ridiculous. It, we're just shining it up and saying it's global. And like I said, if we're getting money out of this deal, fine. We're not getting any money out of this deal. It's an embarrassment. When you are drafting a 36-year-old punter, that tells you all you need to know about the global draft. End of discussion. We're done, and we're taking a break. Here on the <laughs> draft show in the sports cage on 620 CKRM. Terry Clark, and I hope you'll join me this week for Country Gold. We'll play lots of your favorite country hits from the 80s and 90s, and I'll share my own personal experiences from 20 years of touring. I'll also have superstar guests each week who'll tell you what's going on in their world. Plus, we'll take your calls and requests. So join me this week for Country Gold with Terry Clark. Join Terry Clark Saturday mornings at 6 and Sunday afternoons at 4, right here on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 20 CKRM is the voice of Saskatchewan Rough Rider football and your home for the CFL. Tonight, it's all about the future of the game we love. Welcome to CFL Draft Night, a special presentation of the Sports Cage in 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your uh, draft night. First time ever. It's been covered on the radio from the start to the finish. We've had lots of great guests. We've had 
a lot of the people that have been drafted on the airwaves with us. And uh, people are asking Zinger if we can post this in a podcast form. Hopefully we can. I can't comment till I know, but Sean Kleisinger can do everything else back at the station, so I'm sure he can do that as well. Um, all right. CAA Travel Saskatchewan with locations across the province uh, supporting this along with the likes of uh, Grant Wilson, Lee and Ryan Wilson at Wood Country supporting the draft coverage as well. Just to reiterate here and going through the draft, Rough Riders have made two selections so far. Lake Corte Moore, a D lineman, 6'3", 264 pounder from the UBC Thunderbirds. And they also stayed in the can west by uh, going with Jackson Ford, 6'1", 190 pounder from the University of Regina Rams. We know his grandfather is... Uh, none other than Al Ford. The uh, Ottawa Red Blacks have taken six foot one hundred and eighty-five pound receiver Daniel Oladeo from Ottawa, the GGs, and Taylor or uh, Jacob Taylor, pardon me, is a linebacker from the Alberta Golden Bears, and he's staying in Edmonton with the Elks. I'll tell you what, this guy is. One of the great insiders in the league. Works for Three Down Nation. Really love his work, even though he's from Manitoba. John Hodge joins us uh, on the hotline. Thanks, John, for your time. Hey, Don and I were wondering this. Now, we're we're very happy for Jackson Ford. Obviously, there's the, the tie-in with Al Ford. He had a great combine. Did the riders reach a little bit there? Meaning, could they have waited and got Ford a little later in the draft? No, I, I don't think they would have gotten him in the third round, to be perfectly honest. This draft, I think the, the, the best top-end talent was at D-line, and that's what we saw, right? We saw Lake Corte Moore was the first one off the board at three, and then we saw another three D-linemen come off the board to end the first round in Luol Uguak, Anthony Bennett, and Francis Bemi. Then the DB run started, and that, was, that happened because I think, honestly, the DB group is the most talented in this draft, you had Lucas Cormier go just one spot ahead of Jackson Ford. We've seen Sirman Bagiogo. We've seen Jake Kelly go since him. And so I think, for, for instance, first of all, if, if Jake Kelly, or pardon me, if Jackson Ford had been on the board for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at 15, I think they'd take him over Jake Kelly. That's my speculation. But I think Jackson Ford is a better player than Jake Kelly. So to me, I think the Riders did the smart thing, which is nab him at 11 where, you know, it's probably your last chance to get him. And obviously, outside of, as you mentioned, the hometown ties and everything, he's a heck of a player, and he fits exactly what the riders need after Mike Adam wasn't retained following the 2022 season. So, um, as we look at this here, and uh, Don and I were interested in this, and I know you can help us out, okay? Uh, I, I feel uh, embarrassed not to totally know this, but... Uh, I've got a bunch of other things on the go, so I, I'm not hunkered down like you. The last two picks, including this Taylor kid uh, from uh, the Golden Bears to Edmonton, are territorial picks. Does each team get one territorial pick? How does that work? So the territorial picks are a relatively new addition to the CFL draft, and what happens is the teams that finished at the bottom of the previous year's standings are given territorial picks at the end of the second round. They're only allowed to choose players who fit into their quote-unquote territories. In other words, the the location of their team plus the surrounding area. Uh, For instance, the Riders get the entire province of Saskatchewan. That's it's, It's easy to do out west. Out east, it's a little different when you've got multiple teams in the same province. But Ottawa and Edmonton, by virtue of finishing at the bottom of the standings in 2022, got territorial selections at the end of the second. Those are the only two territorial selections that exists throughout the run of the draft. 
So is there any uh, pick that surprised you? How about Edmonton going with that Montreal linebacker at number two? That was a surprise, and that's not something that, that I'm saying because I don't think Rodrigue is worthy of the second overall pick. Rodrigue is long, he's, he's fast, he's athletic, he does fit the Chris Jones mold from that perspective, but he is also somebody who, you know, doesn't necessarily fit maybe their biggest position and need. I mean, they do need depth behind Adam Konar, but I thought maybe defensive line could be a spot that they would go. Jamin Pelly, I know they're starting nose tackle. There's some speculation that he could be getting an NFL look in 2024. Uh, that was a position I thought maybe even a guy like Harrison Bagiogo, the Elk started a corner who was Canadian last year. You know, that's very Chris Jonesian, if you will, to go and take a guy out of the box and say, look, we're going to start a corner. We're going to take a corner at second overall. Uh, So I was a little bit surprised from that perspective, but he is worth the pick. It's a little rare that you do see French-Canadian players get drafted out West, and I think there are with the Western teams some uh, concerns about guys bouncing to their home province as soon as they get to free agency, right? French-Canadians, we see a lot of them play in Montreal. We see a lot of them play in Ottawa, and that is something that I've had people tell me off the record in the CFL. You know, we don't want to take a a French-Canadian in the first round or the second round for fear that they go back home. And and I've also been told the same thing, but opposite from from guys in the East. We we don't want to take a Saskatchewan guy in the first round because we're worried he's going to go home as soon as he's a free agent. We don't want to take a Vancouver guy in the first round because we're worried he's going to go home. But... Good for the Elks for rolling the dice on that pick and not being afraid of him, you know, potentially one day going to his hometown, Alouette. Well, the the, the draft's going to pick up now as we're into round three. Aiden John, St. Mary's defensive lineman, goes to the Ottawa Red Blacks, and Philip Grohovac. I hope I said that right. Offensive lineman, six five, three hundred and five pounder to Western University. Riders are on the clock, but Don, you wanted to ask him about the first pick there, right, John? What did you think of Saskatchewan's uh, Lake Corte Moor pick, number three? Well, I think the the defensive line position was a good one for the Riders to address. I know a lot of Rider fans are probably hoping to see an offensive lineman, but to be honest, once Dante Bull was off the board, there wasn't an O-lineman available who was was worthy of a first-round or even second-round pick. We just saw Philip Grohovac. He was kind of the next consensus guy to go. Um, Outside of, I suppose, Dayton Black, and fairness to Dayton Black, I don't think he's as good as Phil Grohovac right now. I think he's got more upside. But to focus on the Riders in particular... You know, they needed to get better along the line of scrimmage. And I think defensive line in a draft like this that has a lot of good defensive linemen for you to be able to take your absolute favorite one, which evidently was like Corte Moore was good. Corte Moore is a guy who uh, grew up as a competitive uh, ski racer. He competed not only nationally but internationally all around the world skiing. And you can see that in his legs. He's got big, thick tree trunk legs. And he showed up to UBC at about 225 pounds. He's about 264 he still plays defensive end, but he's got all the size and all the power. Very power-oriented game. He's not a guy who, who rushes the pass from the edge with quick hips and a bunch of different moves. He's a guy who bull rushes, and I think he's a great candidate to not only, you know, as a rookie contribute on special teams, as a lot of Canadians do, but move inside and, and play alongside a guy like Charbel DeBeer, who's currently one of the backups to defensive tackle. When you look at the riders, like Anthony Lanier, over 30, Micah Johnson, over 30. It wouldn't be hard to imagine the Riders turning one of those two spots for 2024 into a Canadian spot and, and potentially seeing a guy like Lake Corte Moore at that spot. I'll also say this, Corte uh, uh, Moore, I talked to him at the Combine, 
super smart, impressive kid. I think Ryder fans are really going to like him. All right, and uh, the Riders just selected out of York, Matt Dean, a linebacker, 6'2", 196. What can you tell us about him, uh, John Hodge? Well, the first thing I can tell you is the CFL's uh, draft tracker has his size wrong. He was 6'1", 227 at the CFL Combine. He's not 196 pounds. <laughs> he is arguably the most athletic linebacker in this draft outside, I would say, of Michael Brodrick, who went with the second overall pick. Matt Dean was a second-team OUA All-Star this past year, put up over 100 total tackles with the Lions, and we all know the York Lions, you know, they, they, they don't win a ton of games, but what that does mean is their defense is on the field a lot, and Matt Dean got a ton of development in the middle of that defense. 14 career tackles for loss, six career sacks, He's a player who I think is going to be a day one impact maker on, on special teams. And for a team like Saskatchewan, that's likely going to start Micah Tights, a Canadian at weak side linebacker or middle linebacker, depending on how they, they move him and Larry Dean around. This is a club that needed depth at that linebacker spot. Personally, I thought they were going to go uh, in my mock draft. I had them taking Josh White here, the Regina kid. Out of the Regina Rams, evidently they liked Matt Dean more, did not take the local kid. Maybe they're hoping Josh White falls another round. We'll have to wait and see. But for now, I, I like this pick a lot. It, it, Matt Dean, I think, had third round written all over him, and he fits uh, a need, in my opinion, on the prairies. And I love your uh, work, man. That's awesome, man. Just to ask you off the off the cuff, if, if we can, we might fit you in one more time before the end of the draft. Thanks for your time, uh, at least for now, John. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ballsy. All best. Yeah. And, and John was right on because if you look at, at Matt Dean at 6'2", 220, that is the size for a Will linebacker generally. You know, like if Michael Tights, if anything happened yeah. uh, health-wise, yeah. you know, Micah Tights is a fabulous football player, but if anything happened, uh, I think he, he'd be sturdy enough to, to be in the box and to, to make some plays. You know, what I, about you, Matt Dean. you know what I laugh at is that when I hear Matt Dean, Matt Dean is a former Regina Ram back in the day, the boldest Golden Sun defensive back. He was Matt Dean. I'm like, Matt Dean, isn't he? Wow, he's, he's made a comeback. He's retired. Come on. But this is Matt <laughs> Dean from York. We'll be back. I with, like that pick, though. I think yeah, John's good, right. I think I think they got a great pick in yeah. Matt Dean. We're going to hear from York. we're going to hear from Josh White next. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with him uh, before the draft. This is the Sports Cage coverage of the CFL draft for CAA Travel Saskatchewan on six twenty CKRM. Welcome to special coverage of the CFL draft on the Voice of Saskatchewan six twenty CKRM. Well, as we know, uh, things are uh, moving fast. Quadwo Bohan. Defensive lineman from Alberta, the gold, uh, the uh, Golden Bears, six one two hundred and sixty pounder, going to the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, Luke Burton Cron is uh, a long snapper, a defender as well, six one two hundred and six pounder. He goes. He's a UBC Thunderbird, and he's going to the Edmonton Elks. Clark Barnes, wide receiver, 6'2", 200-pounder from Guelph, a guy that many people have compared to Kean Schaefer-Baker. He is going to the Calgary Stampeders. And another Regina Ram is off the board. This one, Josh White, linebacker, Campbell Collegiate, Regina Ram. He's now with Bob Dice and the Ottawa Red Blacks. 6'2", 190-pound linebacker, joins us on the hotline. Hi, uh, Josh. Congratulations, man. How does it feel? Feels good, man. I feel surreal. Doesn't it, eh? Um, yes, sir. 
Does it matter where you go as long as you're drafted? As long as I'm drafted, yeah, that's all that matters to me, man. Yeah, so when did you realize that you could play professional football, that this might be a thing, Josh White? Um, I would probably say two or three years into my university career. And did you have an inkling that the Ottawa uh, Red Blacks would be the team that you'd go to? Did you know at, at all, had you had any discussions with them, that uh, they'd be interested yeah, we've kept in contact and definitely been talking over the past couple of weeks and had a good interview at the combine for sure, yeah. What do you like about what you, uh, you you see with the Red Blacks, what you heard from the Red Blacks, and what have they have they told you anything where you might fit into their plans? I just like where their team is going, the players they have there already, and just the whole makeup of their team, and I got to go there with my buddy James Peter, too, so that's exciting. Oh, nice. I didn't realize you guys were, uh, how did, did you become buddies through this whole combine process or what? Oh, yeah, 100%. I guess that's kind of one of the cool aspects, meeting guys, uh, you know, in a similar life situation to you. Tell me about that. Sorry, say say one more time? I said, you know, talk about, you talk about uh, with your buddy there, James Peters, uh, you know, you're going through a similar life situation. Just talk about uh, how that's an interesting situation for you, going through the same thing. Um, Just, it's a good experience, honestly. Like, just being there with someone that you know has gone through the same thing as you is really good, so... So uh, talk about, uh, I had talked to you earlier, but it's worth a re- a reiterating. Give a shout-out to your mom and dad because they've been instrumental in, in you, know, it's, you know, it's one thing to move away, but it's also nice to stay home where you got mom looking after food, maybe the clothes, and dad, you said dad's a chiropractor, right? Exactly, that's exactly right. So I've been blessed at home, and I thank for everything they've done. Well, Josh, congratulations on being drafted by the Ottawa Red Blacks. And, uh, you know, a a boyhood dream comes true. You're on the verge of being a professional football player. Uh, And we'll see what you can do in Ottawa colors. By the way, are you you political at all? Or you're going to the nation's capital now? I'm not a really political dude, no. (laughs) It's probably the way to be. Thanks for your time, Josh. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Josh White joining us on the hotline. Uh, so Josh White from the Rams goes to uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Jeremy Murphy, wide receiver from Concordia. And then uh, Adam Gimetz from Holy Cross, uh, a long snapper, goes uh, to uh, the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, interesting here. I wonder if Mike O'Shea tries to grab his son, the junior football player, who won the championship here with the Okanagan Sun against the Regina Thunder on home turf. He was a good receiver slash kick returner. Uh, you know, my guess is no. I think I think if uh, you know a head coach has a son on the team, it puts all kinds of pressure on both the coach and the player because mm-hmm. uh, everybody's going to you know watch that very carefully. There could be some scrutiny as to what decisions are made. You know, if I know Mike O'Shea, and I don't know him, but if I did, I don't think just knowing him as I see Mike O'Shea, I don't, I don't think he'd really want to do that. So we'll see. But it's interesting that, like, Josh White, uh, he, you know, the first time I saw him play for the Rams, he just stuck out right away yeah. for his mobility, sideline to sideline. I mean, this guy just is tough, and he can fly all over the place. But you take a look at Saskatchewan taking Matt Dean basically over Josh White. It's called 30 pounds. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. I mean, they they've got a they got a heavier player uh, who can go in at will, likely in the CFL. Whereas Josh be special teams, he could play linebacker very shortly with another ten fifteen pounds. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think they went with Matt Dean just because of the extra weight. From Kaiser University, Noah Curtis, defensive lineman, six six three hundred and two pounder, is uh, with the Edmonton Elks. 
And so if you look at the Edmonton Elks here, they got uh, that's a D lineman they took. They took a long snapper in Luke uh, Burton Cron. You've got um, O lineman Philip Grohovac from Western University. Mm-hmm. Linebacker Jacob Taylor, who's a territorial pick, linebacker. Um, and you got Jay, uh, no, check that. You've got um, Michael Broderick, linebacker with a second overall pick, 6'3, 222 pounder. So uh, Edmonton's kind of been uh, mostly in the trenches, mostly, uh, mostly the meat and potatoes guys, the ditch diggers, as we like to say, but you need good ditch diggers too. Patrick Burke Jr., of course, his father played in the Canadian Football League. He's a defensive back, 6'2", 185-pounder, going to Wilfrid Laurier. And before we go to break, the Riders are on the clock here, so we'll see what the Saskatchewan Rough Riders do. In other sporting news, the Panthers open up with a 4-2 victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, in Toronto in Game 1 of their second-round series. And right now it's Dallas over Seattle, 2-1 in that series. Toronto not over the emotion of beating Tampa. Whereas Florida got over the emotion of beating Boston faster. I don't think the one game never means a heck of a lot, usually in the best of seven, but I don't think the Leafs, they, they were still congratulating themselves about uh, yeah, it amazing. beating Tampa. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, it's the first time. Sheldon Keith is the only, uh, he's the, I think he's the only, I forget what Arash told me on his tweet, but like he read the, the only living coach to win a playoff series for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. The only living coach. Think about that. Not Pat Quinn. So has Punch Imlock passed away? Uh, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, I uh, think Red, so. <laughs> Red Kelly, I think, was the last. Like, Red Kelly and then Sheldon Keefe. Because, like, oh, I think Pat Quinn, he's the last coach to win a playoff series, wasn't he? That's he right. And he, and he passed away. So there that's, you go. That's a crazy stat. That is not a crazy stat. Oh, unbelievable. That is a crazy stat. Okay, the uh, Rough Riders have their next uh, pick. And is it uh, Thomas Bertrand Houdon, running back, six foot, two hundred and twenty pounder from Delaware State? Yes, we should have known a running back was coming. You know, when you really think about it, Thomas Bertrand Houdon. Yep, Delaware State, and he's a big boy in terms of stocking. Is six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds, and uh, we should have known that. You know, they want some depth at the Canadian running back position. They've got a veteran in, in Keegan LaFrance right now. Yeah. Uh, they want somebody to push Keegan LaFrance, obviously. Uh, they've got two fullbacks. Unless the, unless uh, Bertrand Hudon is playing fullback, but I, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to try to play him as a as a power back. And, you know, like you know, like you, we've seen with a few other teams well, they just lost, lately. With they the, they with lost the big James, power James Tuck is gone now, so they've right. got Bruno Labelle and Albert Awachi in the backfield. Right. Of course, uh, Frankie Hickson and of course uh, Jamo Jamal Morrow, and so they add this uh, this guy to camp and see what he can do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to a guy who unfortunately got hurt at the combine and his draft stock fell, but he was impressive to that point. This is the draft night. On the Sports Cage for CAA Travel Saskatchewan on 620 CKRM. Come in and experience luxury at the Mercedes-Benz Regina Spring Sales Event. Take a leisurely look around and check out their inventory of over 100 luxurious vehicles in stock. They have the Mercedes-Benz you're looking for. Plus, check out the electric Mercedes-Benz EQS in stock and available to drive home today. Mercedes-Benz Regina, a proud part of the Capital Automotive Group. 
The spring savings sale is on now at Titan Automotive. We have over 300 used vehicles in stock today and no credit application will be refused. Plus, you'll receive a trip for two to Las Vegas with every purchase. We offer the highest trade values and we'll buy your old vehicle, even if you don't buy from us. Spring has sprung, so don't miss the spring savings sale at Titan Automotive, a proud part of the Capital Auto Group. to our CFL Draft Night on Rider Radio, 620 CKRM. Fourth round's underway. Noah Curtis going to the Elks D. Lyman from Kaiser University. Patrick Burke Jr., defensive back, 6'2", 185, Wilfred Laurier. I don't know about these, uh, these height and weights because, as John Hodge said, they don't seem to have them exactly right, but I'm just going by what the CFL website well, says. I've actually seen a few times where they'll say in the same write-up, They'll say 200 pounds, and then later in the same write-up, they'll say 225. Well, I know they they, inici- so. they initially had uh, the Rough Riders' first overall uh, pick, third overall, Lake Corte Moore. They had him at 6'3", 227, and quickly changed it to 264. <laughs> like, and, and legs like tree trunks, as John Hart said. Yeah, that's right. And then, of course, his last pick for the Rough Riders Love this pick. was uh, Thomas Bertrand Houdon, who uh, a lot of people compare him to uh, uh, Ante, uh, Milanovic. Ante Milanovic Liter. Right, uh, and that's exactly what Saskatchewan needs. Uh, later, I was hoping when he was a free agent yeah. that he was coming to Saskatchewan. They might have got just a cheaper version of it. Uh, yeah. You know, really, uh, Thomas Bertrand Houdon, you know, they got him probably a little later than what a lot of people thought where he'd be picked out of Delaware Delaware State. Uh, like I said, he's at 6 foot 220. Bowling he's ball, a he's maybe. a he's a high traffic a, a heavy traffic player. Yeah, I love it. It's good I pick. love it. I think you know. When's the last time we had a fullback, a Canadian fullback type, but he was actually a running back, always score from the one yard line. His first name was Chris. Chris Zerka, and then before that was it Milson Jones. Right. I mean, this I love it. Yeah. Give that friggin' pigskin to Bertrand Hudon at the one. Chris Chris Ark was always the most popular guy in the in the stadium, right? That's a good point. That's very good. Uh, Risa Martin from Mount Allison, six four, two hundred and eighty nine pound defensive lineman, going uh, to Hamilton. So staying, uh, you know, Ontario kids staying out there. Uh, Queens offensive lineman, six five, two hundred and seventy pounder Theo Grant going to Montreal, and then uh, Alexandra. Marco from McGill, offensive lineman, 6'3", 261, going to the Calgary Stampeders. Of course, we need to remind people that this draft isn't as... No, it's no disrespect to the players in it, but it's not as strong as it could be. A lot of guys like Theo Benedet, the big offensive lineman out of UBC, guys like that deferred to next year. There's a a lot of guys deferring till next year because they could. Right, and it's going to be interesting to see later in the draft where some of the, the players, I mean, there were seven of them that went uh, to the NFL, five drafted, two signed deals right after the draft. It'll be interesting. They're going to start getting plucked off in, like, the seventh round or the eighth round tonight because teams are going to start taking flyers on them in another round or two probably. All right. So, uh, hey, uh, we haven't talked a lot about um, some U of S guys here. Charlie Ringland was one of the uh, highly touted guys, a defensive back for the U of S. But he suffered an injury, an ACL injury at the Combine. I had a chance to catch up with him right around then. 
Charlie was a Canada West All-Star in 2022. He comes from uh, Oak Park High School in Winnipeg, Manitoba, studying arts and science. He had three interceptions against the Bisons in the Hardy Cup semifinal. How sweet was that? Yeah, that was a, it was definitely fun for sure. It was nice to get that against your hometown team. Uh, what what brought you to the, what brought you to Saskatchewan from Manitoba? Um, it was just an opportunity I had with the program. It was kind of through all the programs that I was looking to go to after uh, high school. This was the one that was going to give me the best chance to kind of get on the field right away, and that was something that I really wanted to do at the time. So. How much? How much has my uh, my good friend uh, and three time Grey Cup champ and Regina football royalty Paul Waldo helped you out in that secondary as a coach? Oh yeah, he's he's been the best. He's been one of my favorite coaches I've ever had, and you know him driving up all the time from Regina just to come up and watch practice. Basically, it's like it's been it's been awesome. You know, it's been a huge help for me and all the all the other DBs are. Too. What what it's makes him a pretty big stride. besides that commitment, which you need to have as a coach and, and really give you some street cred with the, with your players. What else makes Paul a good coach? Uh, he's he's personable. You know, he's he's uh, played in the CFL for years and was a was a really good player. So I think him having like the uh, you know the player's edge, like the player's mentality, as opposed to like a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's been around the block and he's he's played at a high level, so he knows kind of what to look for and what it takes to get to the next level. And how about your head coach Scott Flory? He's a Hall of Famer. That's got to have a lot of credibility towards the players too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I know he's a great coach to have as well. Pretty big name in Saskatchewan and all over Canada. What kind of advice did uh, those dudes, uh, Flory and Waldo, and even Lipinski, give you when you went to this combine? And it was yeah, and it was, was and it was it pretty much Charlie what you expected it to be like. Uh, yeah, it was pretty much just, you know, go out there, be yourself. Don't try and do something you're, like, be someone you're not, and uh, just enjoy the moment. So they all kind of had the same, same sort of advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, five days they extended it to. In your opinion, is that too long? Uh, no, I think it was it was really good. It was really well ran. You know, people did a great job with it. I think that extended format kind of gives players the chance to really, uh, really show what they're about. You know, it's nice. if you have one bad day, it's like, okay, like, I know I can come back tomorrow and, and put some better film on tape, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so um, uh, tell us about your injury. You went down in a non-contact way, or it's a non-contact injury. I guess it's a knee injury. Can you tell us about it? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know a ton yet. I'm, uh, I'm getting with my doctor tomorrow, so hopefully uh, hopefully it's not too bad, but we we'll, won't really know for sure until I get my MRI. So so what happened on the play? I was just I was just backpedaling in our one-on-ones, and I just went to, uh, went to break on the ball and just kind of had a, Bad, uh, bad step. I guess you kind of gave out. Mm. Is that the is that the worst yeah. injury you've had, Charlie, so far? Uh, I mean, depending on what it turns out to be, probably. Yeah. So before that, were you getting a good feel from the teams in terms of uh, you know, uh, you know, interest and and things like that? Yeah, yeah. No, everything was going good. I had a few few interviews, and they all went all went well. Cause I had good things to say. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought I was getting a pretty good vibe for most of the teams, which is nice. Any wacky uh, questions? <laughs> uh, there's a few here and there, but nothing nothing too outrageous. I know. I forget what team it is. They have like a box of donuts in the room, and then they uh, you take a donut, and that's to kind of base your personality off what donut you took. Uh, did, did that happen I, to you? No, that didn't happen to me. But I, I did hear I did hear some rumblings about that. Uh, I don't know if it was happening this year, but I heard uh, that that had happened in the past for sure. Okay, so if there's a box of donuts and it's sitting there, Charlie Ringland, which donut are you taking first? Uh, probably going with the vanilla dipped donut. Vanilla dipped. I like that. That's, that's yeah. good. Why vanilla dipped? 
Well, it's in the same one so the kid, honestly. Oh, so if I looked at that, I'd say consistency. Just con- he's a consistent yeah. guy. How, how would you, how would you, when healthy, describe your play, Charlie Ringland? Uh, you know, I think I'm a pretty fast and physical player. Um, yeah, I think a big part of my game is physicality, probably. The picks are coming fast and furious, and we'll get to more of them in a moment, including a couple of guys from Saskatchewan School's pick. This is the Draft Show for CAA Travel Saskatchewan on 620 CKRM. Welcome to special coverage of the CFL Draft on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Welcome back. Okay, so we're going to get to some of these uh, picks here. Uh, it was a Marcus Jean Locher, linebacker from St. Mary's University, 6'1", 225, going to the uh, BC Lions, 34th overall in the fourth round. Uh, and then Tanner Schmeckel, defensive lineman, Riffle Royal grad. 270 pounder, 6'2", 270. I think that might be a little bit on the light, light side. That's way light. light. Yeah, he's got to be close 290, to 290. 290. We'll, yeah, well, we're going to get him on the phone. We actually had him on hold, but then the Bombers called. We beat him <laughs> again, but we were uh, airing that interview with Charlie Ringland. But, uh, yeah. I think Jeremy O'Day was going to pick him next. I think he was, too. And we were both uh, lamenting that when we saw the Bombers get him. Um uh, Spencer Nichols, a fullback, 6'3", 215-pounder, Western University. But um, Charlie Ringland's teammate, Daniel Perry, a wide receiver from the U of S Huskies, Calgary guy, uh, he joins us now on the uh, hotline. Daniel, congratulations. You're an Ottawa Red Black. How does that feel? Daniel, are you there? All right. We're going to have to call Daniel Perry back as uh, we uh, lost him here. But Daniel Perry goes to the Red Blacks, 37th overall. And then um, it was Terrence Beaulieu-Bertrand from Montreal, a running back, 6'2", 229. So maybe they you know, they lost uh, uh, Milanovic leader, Edmonton did, but um, they maybe replenish it there from Montreal. So that's interesting. And then Jacob Mason from McMaster, fullback, uh, 6'2", 240 pounds at uh, 39th overall. Third pick of the fifth round going to Montreal. And then Robert Panabaker, DB from Western University, six foot 190 pounder. Well, and anybody that talks about Daniel Perry, who, of course, went to Ottawa from Saskatchewan, as a receiver, anybody who you hear talk about him say nothing but great things. They rave about him. It's fast. Uh, got good hands. Yeah. little inconsistent early on in his career, as he mentioned on the interview. Okay, let's go to let's go to the phones here since we got him. Tanner Schmeckel. Now, Tanner, they list you as six two two seventy. I'm gonna say that was your Riffle Royals weight. Yeah, yeah. So I think I, the height might be a little last minute. I got measured out of the combine, but I think around now I'm like two ninety five, close to three hundred. But yeah. So uh, Tanner, I'm not gonna lie to you. Not not real pleased that you're a Winnipeg Blue Bomber, not a uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Did you have an inkling that the Bombers were gonna take you? I honestly didn't. I had no idea. I'm just at my house with my family and friends, and I was just waiting for the call. I didn't know who was gonna call at the end of the day, but I couldn't be happier right now. We called you before the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Was that? Did you, how did you find out? Was it us? Did you see it online? How did it work? Um. So. We, I have a bunch of people at my house right now, and we're just watching the draft on the TV. Obviously, we watch the first two rounds live on TSN, and we're just slowly, like, everyone's on their phone watching the latest picks, and then 
my girlfriend looked at me. She saw my name get up by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and then the place went crazy. So, um, uh, Regina guy, Riffle Royal North NOD guy, uh, played for the Rams. How does it feel to be wearing bomber colors now, the blue and gold? Honestly, I'm not so far away from home, so it doesn't feel too uncomfortable. And I saw my one of my best buddies, Anthony Bennett, get drafted in the earlier rounds to Winnipeg, so. I don't think it's going to feel too unfamiliar. I'm going to be there with a couple of guys I know pretty well. I'm not too far away from home. We travel to Winnipeg every year on the Rams, so I'm used to Winnipeg. I'm happy to go there. Yeah, so uh, Tanner, your guy, and it's been well documented when you've talked to me, you dealt with anxiety a little bit. Um, How important was it for you to stay close to home? Because a lot of teams are picking guys closer to home. Um, I think think, uh, COVID kind of hit home with anxiety and I think after COVID ended and I was able to get out of my house and just get into the public back into my normal rhythm I think I kind of got to that a little bit so I wasn't too worried about where I was going to end up but not going to lie being five six hours away from home it's going to make my family feel like it's, it's, it's nice you're stout. You take on a lot of double teams. Uh, Don and I were talking about this here on the radio show. By the way, from now on, you listen to the radio because we do the draft. Uh, we don't we don't veer away after two rounds. We're doing it from pillar to post, from the start to the end here, Tanner. So tell I all your hear that. tell all your friends because you know me. I like promoting Canadian talent like Tanner Schmeckel. So um, tell the people how you play because you do eat up blocks. I would say if you compare to me to other interior D linemen, uh, I'm a little more ferocious than most. Uh, my run stopping ability is a little different than most people. I, I think I'm pretty hard to move in the middle. Um, I think my pass rush has some pretty elite game. It's gonna it's gonna come a long way once I get some professional coaching. But just overall, I think just my will on the field is why the Bombers stuck me. They saw it my film. They and lastly, Tanner, just a, just a shout-out, well, two things. A shout-out to those people that have helped you along the way in terms of your family members. You may want to give them a shout-out. I would have to shout-out my mother. She's been there through everything, helped me through school, helped me through just any adversity I've ever had. Same with my father. Similar to me, just anytime I'm in a tough spot, they're there for me. And then I have to thank the Rams. Anytime I went through a downward spiral or anything like that, they've been there for me and helped me get through it. Um, there's way too many people to thank right now, but my my head's just spiraling. So I just I'm missing some people, but just every person who's helped me, you know who you are. Thank you very much. I wouldn't be here without any of you. Man, I'm happy for you. Congratulations and best of luck, except for when you play the green and white. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I got well, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Take you know what, Tanner? Tanner is going to say it's Don here. Uh, I think Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to be very happy they drafted you. I think you're going to be a heck of a player in the CFL. I wish you were in green and white, but you're going to do a damn good job, Tanner, after watching you for the Rams. I appreciate that a lot. Take care. Tanner Schmeckel joining us here, Riffle Royal grad. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's go up the highway in terms of competitiveness, and we go from Regina to Saskatoon. Uh, Calgary boy Daniel Perry, uh, and Daniel, uh, you're an Ottawa Red Black. How does that feel? It feels amazing. I'm so glad that I had a chance to go and be able to, to play the football at the next level. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm out over the world on this. So, uh, talk about this, man. We kind of touched on it earlier. When did you decide that um, professional football might be something for you? 
Uh, yeah, as I said before, like the the when I first started playing football in Pee Wee and Bantam, like the the um, idea started to formulate. But then as I, I progressed in football and I started to get uh, like better, and I was able to have a chance to play for the Huskies, like it, it my dreams started becoming reality, and it uh, got really exciting. And now I've uh, now I'm, yeah, I'm a pro athlete. You know, I, I, I want to ask you about playing in a pro-style offense that Scott Flory had there. He learned it from Mark Tressman and the Anthony Calvillo days when he played there. And then playing with a quarterback with a rocket arm like Mason Nyes, the Regina kid that's now quarterback coach at UBC. Just how much that helped you? Because you got to have game tape. you got to have tape that people can see. And when you get on the national stage now, more people are watching you like in back-to-back years. Yeah, honestly, just... Uh, being able to play under Scott Flory with just his, like his, his playbook so complex and so high level that I think it'll it'll definitely uh, help me uh, at the next level with the with the CFL playbook and honestly just uh, being able to play with Mason and uh, being able to go to two Vanier Cups with him it was uh, it's pretty amazing he was a great quarterback great leader I learned a lot from him and yeah I, I think they the Mason and uh, Scott Flory set me up pretty good to be able to play at the next level. I'm very disappointed because you hung up on us to talk to Bob Dice. How dare you talk to your, <laughs> how dare you talk to your new boss before us? But a good uh, good guy who is a who's a who's a who's a players coach. I love that guy. I'm glad he's finally getting a, a chance to be a permanent head coach after two cleanup duties. What did Bob Dice have to say to you? Uh, it, it was, he was just welcoming to the team, telling me that he's excited to have me out there. He was um, saying that I have a, I have a good skill set for the team. Um, he's excited to see how I do in camp, and I just told him that I, I hopefully I am able to land a spot on his team and show him the, the stuff that he wants to see. And Daniel, lastly, we talked about it earlier. When I aired the interview. Um, this has a little extra meaning for you here. Uh, did you were you with your family? I know everybody knows now. They've heard on the radio here your dad's battling brain cancer, and it's in you know it's inoperable, it's terminal. But um, uh, do you have a chance to celebrate with your family and your dad today? Well, of course, yeah. They, they've been here with me through through rounds one to five. Uh, it's been a pretty nerve-wracking experience. My dad, my dad was on edge the whole time, and I'm just I'm glad I'm able to share it with my family and friends, and especially my dad throughout the the process that we've been through. What's your dad's name again? Sorry, John. John. Well, congratulations to John. What's mom's name? Candace. John and Candace for raising a great young man, Daniel Perry. Congratulations, man. Uh, proud of you, and best of luck in Ottawa. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to play at the next level. And and we're excited to see you. All right. When we come back, we'll talk to his teammate, Charlie Ringland. We heard from him, but now we're going to get the follow-up. Charlie Ringland, a member of the BC Lions with the 43rd overall pick. This is the Sports Cage draft coverage from Mosaic Stadium on 620 CKRM. Now, back to our CFL draft night on Ryder Radio. 620 CKRM. All right, so uh, continuing our coverage here in round number five. Last we left off, we told you that Robert Panabaker went to the Hamilton Tiger Cats out of Western University at 40. Shedler Fervius, St. Mary's wide receiver, went to Montreal. Then uh, Ryan Leader, McMaster, D lineman. At 42, went to Calgary. And then our next guest, Charlie Ringland, defensive back, 6'2", defensive back from the U of S Huskies going to the BC Lions. Charlie, welcome to the show again. I had aired an interview I did with you earlier uh, about a month or so ago, but uh, here you are live with us. And uh, how does it feel to be a BC Lion, Charlie? It's good. It's it's pretty exciting. You know, it's been a a long evening, but it's, yeah, super, super grateful and excited to uh, get out there. 
So uh, who did you watch the draft with? Who have you hung out with tonight in this uh, memorable uh, evening? Right now I've got me and uh, a couple of my roommates. We're just sitting in the living room watching it. Some of our, some of our teammates came over too. So, yeah, that's who I'm with. So in the CFL, you know, you get drafted in the first round or the fifth round. It doesn't matter in terms of money. As long as you get drafted or get on, get on a roster and go to a camp, is that kind of the feeling you have? Yeah, for sure. For sure, especially in CFL, it's kind of – doesn't really matter if you're drafted or if you're a free agent. It's kind of if you get on the field, you're gonna get paid. So. When did this become a dream for you to be a professional football player, Charlie Ringland? Uh, probably when I was pretty young. I, I want to say maybe like six or seven when you're going to a barber games as a kid. So yeah, it's yeah. been a while. You and I touched on this before, uh, but it's worth reiterating. Our friend here uh, has been with me as a panelist. He's Regina Football Royalty. He's one of your coaches now, Paul Waldo. How much has Paul Waldo helped you at the U.S.? Oh, yeah, he's been awesome. He's been here for, for my five years here, and he's been probably one of my favorite coaches I've had in any sport since I've been playing playing sports, which has really, been really fun. It's been awesome and, to have around. And why is that? Why is he one of your favorite coaches? What makes him a good coach? Uh, I think he just has, like, the expertise of being a pro player. You know, he played a long time in the league, was a really good player, and I think him bringing his expertise that he learned through his years and kind of showing us, uh, us students, student-athletes, the way is kind of, what's helped us the best, I think. Kind of kind of interesting, too. You get to go to BC where Nathan Cherry's there, Noah Zur is there, you know what I mean? You got Ryder Varga from the Rams. You're you're going there now. You had Riley Pickett there, so it's the BC Lions kind of like U of S guys in Saskatchewan. Kids. Yeah, the Prairie Boys. Yeah, the pra- it's kind of neat, though. Y'all can – I've talked about this, you know. Uh, a lot of teams are drafting guys – closer to their home but being away from home is no big deal for you because you moved to Saskatchewan from Manitoba so that's not that big a deal for you yeah you know I've, I've been away from home for a bit it's, it's nice I get to go home uh, I try to go home as much as I can to my family and my friends so uh, but yeah at the end of the day it's, just, it's all one flight yeah. Yeah. So you hurt your knee in the combine, which is a downer. You probably would have been picked higher but it is what it is. How's that uh, the extent of that knee injury and how's the rehab coming? Yeah, it's good. I, I I have a surgery tomorrow morning actually. Okay, I tore so it was a torn ACL, so I got surgery in the morning to, to uh, get that all fixed up and start the uh, the rehab process. Wow, that's kind of timely that the draft happens before the surgery. So uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's really ironic, actually. Well, congratulations, yeah. Charlie. Uh, uh, we're proud of you here at the Sports Cage. Uh, you know, uh, you're a Manitoba guy, but uh, you were uh, raised in Saskatchewan in terms of football and developing <laughs> here, ready for the next level. So congratulations and best of luck with the BC Lions and your surgery awesome. tomorrow. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. That's Charlie Ringland joining us. Thanks to Zinger for lining that up. Uh, we're going to take a break, get to more picks here in the draft as uh, we're in. Oh, we're not going to take a break yet? Okay, no break yet. Sorry, sorry. So let's get to the picks here, uh, Don. Yeah, so we got um, some more picks after Charlie Ringland. We had Colin Cornelson from Manitoba. So there's a, a local uh, product staying in Winnipeg from the Manitoba Bisons, defensive lineman. Then we got Eduardo Paradis from a, a Houston Baptist offensive lineman, a 6'4", 320-pounder. Uh, I know he went to the combine there. Quinton Sagan from Charleston Southern, defensive lineman, 6'3", 270-pounder. Now, take these sizes with a grain of salt because as John Hodge pointed out, it might not be exactly correct, which in, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, Queens, 
University wide receiver uh, Richard Burton going to the Toronto Argonauts. And then this is one you talked about at number 48 for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Exactly what we just said a little while ago, maybe half an hour ago, that the CFL teams are going to start looking at, at the players that are going to the NFL and were drafted in the NFL later in the rounds. It's just to take a flyer to see if they come back, and that's exactly what Saskatchewan Rough Rider general manager Jeremy O'Day did with his 48th pick in tonight's CFL draft, City Sal from Eastern Michigan. Of course, he was a fourth-round draft pick of the New England Patriots. People who, like me, who say they have to get bigger on the offensive line, check this out. City Sal, six foot five inches, three hundred and 24 pounds and i hear that's accurate ballsy wow. that is right that's that's right on the exact pound apparently yeah according to the toledos <laughs> but anyway he's a big big man they've taken a little flyer as a fourth round pick i like it why not yeah i mean, I mean even if you got him a couple of years from now you got a big angry tough offensive lineman like the Jeremy O'Day wants, and uh, I love the pick. So that's a, a, a sixth-round selection. In the sixth round last year, the Rough Riders took Jaden Dalkey, who has turned out pretty well that for was, the Rough that Riders. That was a... That's, Can that's I say a, a hell of a yeah, pick on yeah, the radio? That was a, that was a great pick, that actually. That was, because they're going to go... He's going to go toe-to-toe with Lacombo as the starting safety. Help me out here. Zach Fry, the old lineman last year, the yeah. second-round pick... Western. Uh, he was on the practice roster last year, was he not? No, he, no, he went back. Western. He, he yeah. went back to Western. So right. So he get bigger and stronger. So he'll he will be coming back here to training camp. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Watched so, him in that game against Laval. He looked yeah, good. That's right. It, that's uh, right. He did play. Jeremy for. O'Day always said he loved his feet. He had fabulous yes. feet. He yes. had to get bigger and heavier, and that that's something. Next time you got Jeremy, hopefully maybe tonight. Who knows? Yeah. But to talk about how has Zach Fry wintered? How has his off season programming going? Because uh, you know, he's coming into training camp. We know that. And uh, he could be a sleeper. He could be a sleeper if he's uh, stronger, uh, heavier. Uh, look out because he had a good year at Western. You know, we didn't talk about this much. We touched on it. Logan Bandy, how much did those snaps last year help him? Just from a confidence standpoint, he might not be a center this year, but just from being in the line of fire in game action. You know, it was a loser season in terms of the record, but that's one that could pay dividends down the road for Logan Huge. Bandy. Huge dividends that he played last year, and here's why. He saw what it took and what it takes to be a top center offensive lineman in the CFL. He, he, he felt the strength that was against him with the defensive lineman. He knows how strong he has to get, and he knows he has to get stronger. So the fact that, that he played, unfortunately because of Dan Clark's injury, but the fact that he played could reap huge dividends for the Rough Riders this season because he's you know he's going to come back bigger and stronger because because he wants to but he saw there were times when he might have been overpowered here and there and he doesn't want that so Luke Mullinder who's going to join me tomorrow and talk about the draft picks he he's not a big fan of Philip Blake playing out in the tackle even though he did well he's not a big fan of that he'd like he'd love to see him in the interior but, yeah yeah but that but that does create a log jam there now like what do you do this is a big year for Evan Johnson on the right side of that offensive line. This is a huge year for him in terms of, uh, you know, um, stepping up and, well, and, doing a, and doing a great job. The thing with Evan Johnson, I think, Ballsy, is he needs a better center beside him and he needs a better uh, right tackle beside him. Uh, I, at times, uh, he wasn't getting much help. No. Uh, particularly, I might say, from the right tackle. Yeah, and, and the Ty sometimes, Rogers and such. Sometimes yeah. Evan, Evan Johnson's head was on a little bit of a swi- swivel. 
because with the inside and maybe outside coming around that right tackle, you know, or inside the right tackle, you know, and I think I think Evan Johnson, if you have stronger, mm-hmm. you know, tandems on either side of him, you at have a times better, you, he was good you have too. A better Evan Johnson. At times he was good too, Huey, because we picked him as an offensive player of the game one game last year. That's how good he was. So it wasn't that he was terrible all year. Inconsistent. They need some more incons- uh, more consistency, uh, depth, because you know injury is going to be a problem. Nobody nobody goes through a season unscathed. Well, I'll okay. tell you when you and and Luke are up in Saskatoon. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hope you, you talk about this situation where this kid from Western, could he be a starting tackle? We'll find out. We'll get uh, Jeremy O'Day on that. Okay, we got Glenn Suter back to uh, uh, Cameo for his last appearance. Um, all in all, it's been a pretty uh, spirited draft. Though we kind of like what the Riders did. Uh, do you feel old that Jackson Ford is a rough rider and uh, that's Al Ford's grandson, Glenn Suter? Uh, yeah, it does. It does do that, doesn't it? Uh, but you know, it, it's it's interesting because it it adds the element to the CFL draft to me that is so important. That if you have players of equal ability or very close, that you take that homegrown talent. And again, that that leans into the Canadiana of it. It leans into the homegrown and and how much it means to you. Think back to the Great Cup last year, guys. I mean, in the in the final four or five minutes of that game, who made the big plays? And I, I'm not saying anything. This is this is not a shot at any American player that comes up and our brothers from the states. But it, you know, when the game's on the line, Enoch Wamba makes a big play. The guys that block kicks make big plays. That are all Canadians that grew up watching it. You know, homegrown and take pride in it. And that's. Uh, you know, and that's what the Ford pick is all about, right? It's about picking a homegrown kid that knows the culture and is going to play like his life depends on it. Well, you know, and it's funny because Don was mentioning this. You know, you got Micah Tights coming back from an injury, and you're looking, you know, you've moved Larry Dean to the middle now because Darnell Sankey uh, overvalued himself and went to the XFL. So Larry Dean comes over, got Moncrief at the Sam spot, a stud who's coming back, played half the year with an injured, with a torn labrum. Did you know that? He had a, had a shoulder yeah. problem, couldn't make tackles, and still played and showed up every day and played well, actually, when you think he was matched up against the Burnhams and the Dembskis and those kind of guys of the, of the world, okay? I don't think we can uh, overstate that. But you look at a Matt Dean from York, and I'm not asking you to analyze it, but I want your opinion on this. Don brought this up. you got Micah Tights coming back. He's at the Will linebacker spot now. Hasn't played in the new dimensions of the field, you know what I mean, in terms of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and boundary, the hash marks and everything like that. So they go with this York guy, a very athletic linebacker, 6'2", about 200-pound, 220 linebacker. Uh, they list him as 196 on the CFL website, which is another thing. But but Matt Dean, 6'2", 220-pound linebacker out of York. We talked about the suits. It's the... Um, the strategy, the thinking man, like, okay, so now I need, I got a Canadian here, I need some depth, and, and that's what I love about the CFL draft. Yeah, and I think the coaches that are successful, and if you look back at the Don Matthews of the world and the, you know, the Wally Buanos and guys like that, you will see guys that look at the Canadian ratio completely differently than most American coaches that, and some Canadians uh, coaches for that matter, that look at it and, and think, you know, this is an inconvenience to find places to play our Canadians. Well, 
every single year the Canadians get more pro-ready coming out of college. And, you know, I look at guys like Braden Lenius are going to have big, big years. I mean, he, he's, what, in year three. And, you know, guy who's now got some experience under his belt, new quarterback, new coordinator. I look at guys like Micah Tights, who's now felt what it feels like to have the game ripped away from him due to injury and is going to come back and compete for that spot. And now this new draft pick, he, he drops in here as competition. And I've said it many, many times, Michael, I'll say it again, that, you know, motivational speeches from the coach, um, even threats to cut you, nothing pushes a player more than a quality player behind him in the depth chart. Absolutely. And it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, when I was – Playing back in the day, I had Washington State and Oklahoma, and they tried to at times change the ratio and put many different really quality Division One American players in my position. And then it was up to me to fight off that competition and, and, and keep my starting job. And, and yes, the Canadian angle gives you a bit of an edge but um, in, in some regards, but you know, when you lean into it and you play with nine instead of seven or ten instead of seven and you have that kind of flexibility and you have great depth behind your starters, then you you have a successful team in Canadian football. And the coaches that lean into it, they get it and they win. Glenn, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. As always, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, guys. And, hey, good job covering the, the draft. I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Okay, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are next on the clock here in round number seven. Just to reiterate what the Rough Riders have done tonight, if you're just tuning in, and we thank you for tuning in. Where the heck you been? Lake Corte Moore, <laughs> defensive lineman from UBC, third overall pick for the Rough Riders. Then with the... Uh, Second round selection, eleventh overall, Jackson Ford of the rough of the uh, Rams going to the Rough Riders. Then the Saskatchewan Rough Riders would take Matt Dean, uh, York linebacker, six two, one hundred ninety six pounder. Uh, that was with the twenty first overall selection. That was in the third round. Then thirtieth overall selection, third pick in the fourth round, running back, six two, two hundred and twenty pounder, Thomas Bertrand Houdin from um, Delaware State. And then rolling right along, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders didn't have a fifth-round selection, so into the sixth round, City Sow, uh, Eastern Michigan offensive lineman, 6'5", 324-pounder. He's a long shot in the sixth round, long shot in the sense that he's probably NFL-bound. But, hey, take a flyer on him, and if he comes up here, you got yourself uh, what we'd call a scratch ticket. And the Rough Riders <laughs> here in the seventh right. round, well, it is. It's like buying a – you, you win 5000 or you just threw away 5 bucks. Big deal, yeah, right? Exactly. You tried to win. Agreed, um, totally. Evan Florin, Queens University offensive lineman, 6'4", 300-pounder, going to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with their latest selection here in round number 7, uh, 57th overall. The Rough Riders do have another pick in this round, uh, 60th overall, and then they've got one 66th overall round number 8. Uh, when we come back, we're going to go through the players from the Saskatchewan universities who were picked and then we could be done the draft by then this is the sports cage draft night here from mosaic stadium they're cleaning up we're still here don here some people are taking popcorn i know here on 620 ckrm 620 
KCKRM is the voice of Saskatchewan Rough Rider football and your home for the CFL. Tonight, it's all about the future of the game we love. Welcome to CFL Draft Night, a special presentation of the Sports Cage in 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And here with broadcasting legend Don Hewitt, we've been joined by John Hodge of Three Down Nation, Hall of Fame broadcaster Glenn Suter. It's been a great night here in Regina covering our first ever draft from the first pick to the last. At pick 58, that's in the seventh round, one, two, three, four, five, the fifth pick of the seventh round, number 58 overall, Amlakar Polk. He's a running back out of the Ottawa Gigi, staying with the... Uh, Red Blacks in the Ottawa area. Chase Brown, running back that was drafted in the fifth round by the Cincinnati Bengals from Illinois. Canadian, his brother Sidney was taken in the third round by the Eagles as a safety. Right. Chase has gone to the Montreal Alouettes. Probably won't come here, but uh, like you said, it's now they're into picking guys that are like scratch tickets. Right. Yeah, so there you go. And Nick exactly. Thomas, I interviewed this guy. So I did a Can West YouTube show uh, not this past year, but the season before. Just something I did during COVID to uh, keep the football talk going. Mm-hmm. And I polled players and I polled coaches like an NFL top 100. And Nick Thomas made the list, the top 50 list. Uh, Brian Doby had nothing but great things to say about this guy. One of the best football players he's ever coached. He is an athletic linebacker that covers sideline to sideline. And uh, 5'11", 210 pounds, from what I remember, that's about right. So he could be a special teams guy, and that's a guy, a late, a late, round, a late round pick that could uh, latch on with his football and team. And apparently a great technique tackler from what yes, I have in my notes. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and, uh, well, of course. Look at these notes. Uh, Don, I got Don Hewitt here. He's my Mel Kuyper. You're my guy, man. Uh, Jack Hinsberger from Waterloo goes to BC60, uh, first overall linebacker. And then Jonathan Rosary, who's an explosive running back out of the Alberta Golden Bears, kind of a scat back guy. He's going to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and that's not a that's not a shock. They've got, you know, the Johnny Augustines, the Andrew Harris, the Canadian running backs. Now, of course, they had Kyle Borsa, who depending on who you talked to, didn't really get a fair shake there. With I don't the, think he did. With the, uh, with the can Winnipeg I put Blue up Bombs. my hand? Yeah. Oh, I don't think he did. No, and I didn't like the way he was cut. His word's not mine. He was just told by, he, he was he, in his pro football, but uh, I'll give O'Shea credit. He woke him up in the dorm, said, didn't work out. You're done. Pick yourself. Your stuff's on the side of the road. Go pick it up. That's literally what he said to him. So everybody talks about the bomber culture, but I mean, <laughs> if you treat a kid like that, I don't know. Um, and he said it was a very weird organization. The coaches didn't really talk to you. They didn't really tell you what you were doing right or wrong. He said, I would have loved to have them just say, hey, you did this wrong or you did this, you do this better. They just said, no, you're done. Didn't give him any feedback. I don't know if it's like that for any. Just got the apple in the road map. Yeah, that's it. You're gone. That's exactly it. You're gone. So, interesting. Uh, Brendan Murphy, Western University defensive back, closes out round number seven, and we're into our last round now, 64 through 72. The Riders have a pick at 66. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, though. Yep. Now, you're doing it right to the last pick. Yep. And we're on the air. Yep. Has this ever happened in Canadian radio? No, never. It's never happened. Unless somebody can correct me. Nobody's ever covered the CFL draft. Nobody's cared. Nobody's, Nobody's cared enough to do it. And 
I'm I'm likening this to the cement mixing right now. Like we haven't bought, we haven't built the house, we haven't even poured the foundation. We're mixing the cement. So yes, we're gonna. You and I. I'm glad you're here running shotgun with me. I grew up watching you. Not to make you sound old, but I was like, ah. And then we became friends. I'm like, I'm gonna add this guy when I can to our broadcast because he is an outstanding broadcaster. So I'm. I couldn't think of a better guy to be with uh, doing this. And then Zinger back at the station is unbelievable. Like you've been he around is. this business a long time, TV and radio. Radio. That guy is top notch. So he's getting our uh, guests. Well, I have a memo to seek her management. Yeah, uh, unbe- unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> but but even here, the riders at least tried to do a draft party here uh, and and yep. do something here. It wasn't like packed, but it was pretty good. Yep. And they had Lenius on the stage with Picton. Trevor Harris was here. So kudos to the riders. So just to reiterate, let's go through some of the Saskatchewan guys that were picked or Saskatchewan uh, backed. The first guy that went off the board was Dayton Black from the U.S. Huskies. Lineman going to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, sixth overall. Then Regina Ram Anthony Bennett went to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, ninth overall. Jackson Ford, the grandson of Al Ford, going eleventh uh, overall, second round, second pick of the second round, and, going to the Rough Riders. And John Hodge said, had they not picked Jackson Ford eleventh, they would have Winnipeg lost would have him. taken him at fifteenth. Right. So uh, we thought maybe they could have got him a round or two later, but not according to John yeah, Hodge. We were apparently wrong, according to. John Hodge, we were dead wrong. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm fine with Jackson Ford going there if that's the case because I'm glad he's a member of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, and once again, it's not a shot on the kid. doesn't matter where he get drafted really in the CFL except for bragging rights, but hey, he's a member of the Rough Riders. That's cool. I hope he gets number 21. I hope Lacombe, I'm going to try to work that out there, try to get that going for them. Hey, Matt Dean, uh, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, well, Matt Dean, I'll mention, it goes uh, from uh, York University to the Rough Riders, but other, other, um, Saskatchewan based school kids gone. Josh White went to the um, Ottawa Red Blacks at 25th overall pick. I think, uh, did I miss one here? No, I didn't. I'm good. You know, we're going to, by the way, you yep. know, we're going to, you're, you were going to call Jackson Ford. What? Mr. Versatility the second. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he is versatile, just like his grandfather. Uh, Tanner Schmeckel. Uh, from the University of Regina Rams, went to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at 35, so they got two Ram players there. Uh, Daniel Perry from the U.S. Huskies would go 37 to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Charlie Ringland, who had the knee injury, we had him on. We've had all these guys on going to the U.S. or going to the uh, BC Lions from the U.S. Huskies at 43. Um, and those would be the Saskatchewan-based uh, uh, university kids that have gone on the draft so far. Um, and uh, the Riders are next on the clock here. Uh, round 8 open with Josh Heyer from the U of uh, C Dinos, defensive lineman 6'4", 250, going to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It was a pick via trade with Edmonton and with Ottawa. So there you go. That's why Hamilton got that selection. Derek Best from Western University going to the Edmonton Elks, running back 6'1", 200 pounder and the riders next on the clock so so far a uh, pretty good job by the rough riders uh i'd love to have um i'd love to have jeremy on just to talk a little bit maybe we can get him to do a synopsis tomorrow on the the sports cage with regards to all the the draft picks and his well, me- you know methodology what? in about one or two minutes it's probably in already he's going to take a deep breath 
Yeah. And he's going to go home and have a sound sleep. And same with everybody with him, with the rougher organization. Well, a lot of pressure on this, or- lot of pressure on this organization. Job. And as Craig Reynolds said when he was on here uh, back on the sports cage part, which seems like a decade ago, but it was almost... <laughs> that was when I was in traffic on the it was congested al- ring road. Yeah, it was almost was four hours ago, to be quite honest with yeah. you. Craig Reynolds said... This outside of free agency, this is the night where we welcome the most uh, players to our team on mass, like in one that. night, right? You know, it's, it's crazy, the, like like Craig said, and like you said, oh, oh, one minute you're shoveling snow and you blink your eyes and it's football season in this climate. Well, it real and it really is now it's tonight. Not... Tonight signifies that number one, and the Rough Riders have taken uh, Tavius Robinson from Mississippi, D Lyman, six eight, two hundred and forty pounds. Um, so. There you go, Tavius Robinson, the last pick of the draft. Well, I mean, that's, for the that's called uh, knocking down passes at 6'8". Yeah, we'll see uh, how that transpires. But you're right, as it relates to the offensive line, the Riders, uh, you know, everybody knows how many sacks they gave up last year. Now we can debate whose fault it was. But at 6'4", 300 pounds, Evan Florin from Queens is the only offensive lineman they took seventh round, 57th overall pick. But it goes back to what you said. How has... How has the second rounder from Western developed? Zach Fry. What's he going to look like? How is Diego Alatora Montoya, the Mexican kid who moved from Mexico City for a better life in Vancouver? His family sent him here, and he was in Rough Rider training camp last year. Now they'll be under the tutelage of a new offensive line coach, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops. And I think what a lot of people don't understand with Canadian offensive linemen is that for a lot of them that are stars uh, coming out of college, they still need to develop and get stronger for a year or two uh, under the wing of a professional football franchise like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It just doesn't happen uh, all the time. You might have the odd Brendan Labatt that bingo's right there, but, but quite often you can still have a very good offensive lineman that's taken a couple of years to develop, and the Riders have quite a few of them. Hey, Zinger, can you get a hold of Caleb Morin for me? We might as well do this right. Caleb Morin was just taken by the U of S or by the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's a receiver out of the U of S Huskies. So uh, he is number 67 of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. By the way, Tavius Robinson of Miss Mississippi was taken in the fourth round of the draft by the Baltimore Ravens. Right, so, another, so another. a chance you're not going to see him unless something happens. But I like it. I like no, it. No, you, because you know what? The NFL is a tough league to make. Yeah. It's a tough league to make, and sometimes it's a tough league even to hang around on a practice roster. Yeah, I like what Jeremy O'Day did and Tavius Robinson uh, because uh, if he ever came up here, he'd be a well, very good chance of being an impact player. Uh, Caleb uh, Morin is a receiver out of the U of S Huskies, third tallest receiver available this year, at a hair under six foot two. Finally broke out in 2022 after walking on with the Huskies way back in 2017. Um, he's got really—I wouldn't say he's the fastest guy. You'll probably agree with me. Maybe he'll want to jump through the phone and beat me up, but he does have buttery smooth route running ability. So he sets up defenders, and he's joining us on the phone right now. Caleb, congratulations! How does it feel to be a Hamilton Tiger Cat? Thank you. Oh, it means a lot. You know, I'm going to—I'm going to a team with my best buddy on the, on the Huskies right now. It's amazing. Best buddy on the Huskies. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Dayton Black. And talk about yeah. Dayton Black for a second. A quarterback that goes to uh, offensive line and picks sixth overall. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't even know where to start. The guy's amazing. Uh, you know, he, he keeps me in check. You know, he's uh, he's my biggest hype man at the same time. And, uh, man, him and I just gel together. We're, we're best buddies on and off the field. 
You are a guy that walked on with the U of S Huskies in 2017. So you've been you've been punching above your weight. You've been playing with a chip on your shoulder. So that will bode well as you go to Steeltown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that's how that's how I live my life. Uh, you know I've never never given anything, and I got to work for every opportunity I get. So that's just how I go. How did you find out that you were picked by the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Are you following like us online? Yeah, we're just following online there. I got, you know, I'm at home. I, I'm I'm with the extended family, and you know, we're just waiting for that uh, that update from the from the phone there. Have you ever had much thought about Hamilton or the Hamilton Tiger Cats before this? Uh, yeah, we talked a little bit. Um, you know, it was it was really up in the air. I didn't really know where I was going to go, but uh, you know, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to suit up and give it my all. Does it mean something to be? I don't care where you're drafted. Does it mean something to be drafted? Uh, you know, like what does that mean to you? I know it means something, oh, but you know, yeah, absolutely. As, as, um, yeah, you know, all the, all the people who doubted me back in the day when I was playing football. You know, I only started in grade eleven. Wow. Uh, that's that's a big that's a big thing for me. You know, I, I you know I proved I had what it take to get to the next level, and here I am. You know, it's a big what? day. Yeah, well, absolutely, man. Why why the late start in football? Um, you know, I was pretty undersized. I, I grew real late into, you know, into my body and, and, you know, my parents weren't a big fan of football. So just, uh, just over a couple, a couple months, just begging them to let me go and play and a little, little push from my, my buddies in high school and my head coach, uh, finally jumped on the field. Where did you go to high school again, Caleb? Uh, Evan Hardy Collegiate. Yeah. So, uh, who do you th- who do you credit with helping you get along? You know, uh, along this uh, path in terms of football. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My head coach uh, Judd Howman. Uh, he's a big supporter in my in my day. Um, you know, he was my high school gym teacher, and you know, you know, the credit goes to him. He saw the potential I had, and and he's one who pushed me to to be out on the field, for sure. And uh, talk about your parents and the support you have at home. You're talking about that. Yeah, it's, it's honestly amazing. You know, they you know they have to they have to see the bad side of me. You know, and football is a, a tough sport, and you take a lot of beatings, and they're the ones that have to deal with the the complaining at home. So yeah, they've been you know they're my backbone. They support me. I still live at home. It's it's amazing. So yeah, can't can't give enough credit to those guys. Your parents didn't want you to play football initially, so do they tell you to shut up when you whine about how sore you are? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know they're they've just been big supporters. Honestly, they they didn't know much about football back in the day. Now they're they're big Husky supporters. They they go to every game. They, you know they only missed one game this year, so uh, you know they're the biggest supporters in my life for sure. And I you know wouldn't change it for a thing. You know I feel bad for a guy, and this is about you. And I feel so happy for a guy like you and Daniel Perry. But you know you got to have the right coach and Scott Flory with a CFL kind of playbook, and then you got a guy like Mason Nias who. Uh, you know, just because he's playing Cana- he's a Canadian playing quarterback, he's not going to get a shot. I, I, I know the Riders wanted to sign him, but he probably felt his best route to continue in the world of football was being a coach. In fact, I know that's what it was because he told me that. Yeah, uh, just a shout-out sure. to Mason Nias and what he did to help uh, guys like you and Daniel Perry get to where you are. Yeah, he, I mean, he's amazing on and off the field. Uh, he's, he's taught me everything I know today, and, you know, the biggest thing is trust, right? So he trusted to throw me the ball, and, you know, I'm going to go make that play, but... You know, I, I wouldn't be here uh, today without that guy. You know what? And and uh, I I really appreciate your time, man. Congratulations! And this makes up for appreciate losing it. the Vanier Cup a couple of times, doesn't it? <laughs> well, 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 we can debate on that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for your time. Congratulations! Enjoy it with your family. 
Caleb Moore and joining us uh, as he gets drafted by you, the you know, Hamilton Tiger Cats. I like that because his gym teacher at Evan Hardy, didn't he say yeah. Saskatoon, saw what a good athlete he was. And, you know, you have to give kudos to the gym teacher. Oh, 100%. Because, uh, you know, just to note that. And here he is getting drafted in the CFL. That, that's a great story. That's an unbelievable story. That's a good point, Don. We'll be back to get the rest of the draft picks and wrap things up here in a moment on our draft night special for CAA Travel in Saskatchewan on 620 CKRM. Welcome to special coverage of the CFL Draft on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Right, the uh, staff here wants us out, so we're, we are going to get out, but we said we'd stay till the end, and we got to the end. Number 68 to the Montreal Alouettes from Laval, Maxim Lavalle, uh to the Calgary Stampeders at 69 from the UBC Thunderbirds, fullback uh, Lucas Robertson. By the way, Lavalle was the defensive back. Troy Cole, uh, an offensive lineman, 6'6", 295-pounder from the Minot State Beavers. Love to see at least one beaver picked. One beaver pick. you got to love the Good beaver picks. Minot State. Yeah, that's right. Max Charbonneau from the Ottawa GGs going to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a linebacker, 6'3", 225 pounds. And then uh, do we have a Mr. Irrelevant? I guess he is Mr. Irrelevant. He is. The last man picked in the draft, Anthony Vandal from Sherbrooke going to the Toronto Argonauts, offensive lineman, 6'3", 290-pounder. That's it. Wow. That does the whole draft, all 72 picks. Uh, Don Hewitt, your closing thoughts on what the Riders did here tonight. Well, first of all, when you take a look at you know what's said and what's written about before the draft, then you see the draft, you know one thing. Every team in the CFL knows what they're doing generally. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's a very competitive league, and it shows on the field with a reasonable amount of parity. Uh, and, you know, Saskatchewan... I believe they also know what they're doing. I think they had a very good draft. Uh, I think other teams had good drafts. And like Jeremy O'Day said yesterday in his press conference, he said, you know, the tough part sometimes is seeing a player go to another team that you'd love to see in green and white, but it doesn't work that way. Like Tanner Schmeckel. Exactly. From the Rams I, to the Bombers. Again, I'm not, I'm not sure he wasn't going to Jeremy's next pick. But I think Saskatchewan had a, a very good draft from what I see. I think they have... Uh, they have addressed some some you know some issues that they had with with uh, you know depth in certain positions. Uh, they they you know only picked an offensive lineman later because they've got a lot in development. And I think if anybody's going to criticize the Rough Riders for not taking more offensive linemen, they may not understand how it works. How you have to develop offensive linemen, it can take a year or two, and you may see a couple of guys out in the field uh, that you won't even recognize from last year's training training camp because they've improved so much so i give the rough riders good marks it's a tough league it's all professional people that know what they're doing on other teams as well uh, and that's what makes it really a great game thank you very much yeah good job to you and and, uh, and zinger oh, good job to you, you guys did a hell of a job doing a show on the well, entire we're all old team well, well, the well but you two guys put it together i showed up and did your really? job. Thanks. I appreciate it. Did, man. You, you added, you added the notes and the credibility but and everything. You guys did it. And the first time in the history of Canadian radio yeah. that Michael Ball and Zinger lead the entire country in doing the entirety of a CFL eight-round draft. I congratulate you guys. It's As Craig Reynolds said, it's fabulous. 
And I hope a lot of people listened and heard how good it was. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, things to tweak, but hey, you got to start somewhere. We're in the cement mixing right now as we try to lay the foundation, right? Yeah, good and, job uh, to you guys. And good job to the riders holding a draft party here tonight. We'll get out of here because they want to shut the lights off. Sean Kleisinger did a great job. want to thank him. And uh, we're going to recap this all tomorrow with some guests. Uh, also in the world of sports tonight, the uh, Maple Leafs lose 4-2 to the uh, Florida Panthers. Game one of their series. Zinger, what was that Dallas-Seattle score, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, right now for uh, the Dallas-Seattle score, it's 4-2 Seattle in the Ooh, second wow, period. Wow. Yep. wow. You know what? And I'll say this to Leaf fans. If you watched, if you're just tuning in now, if you watched that hockey game and didn't listen to us, you made a huge mistake. Oh, huge! Jordan Eberle with a goal. Jordan Eberle has a goal. Four two Seattle. That isn't that something? Well, and an assist. And an assist. Jordan's lucky he dodged the bullet with that check on Cogliano. He should have been suspended. Not going to lie to you. But anyway, that'll do it for our time. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 3 o'clock. It's the Sports Cage. We appreciate CAA Travel Saskatchewan for getting on board and also Grant. Lee and Ryan Wilson at Wood Country for supporting our draft coverage. Talk to you CFL fans tomorrow.